hello um welcome to the live stream today we're going to be um, talking about the gospel how we can go to heaven and we've also got some segments and we're going to be singing on the ukulele and um yeah i've got also kahoot and let's get this in to say hello hey from abraham hey ram you got the throne but the intro throne today (laughs) hello from ryan so g'day from Paul, who's already training by the looks of it. G'day from Glenn. Hello from Ruben. And hello from Carissa and Isaac over here. And we've got Glenn that's going up first. Wait, 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 actually, I forgot to say something. If you haven't read your Bible, pause the stream and go back. But I'm going to pass it to Glenn. Good advice there, Abraham. Thank you. I'll start with some prayer and then uh, get into a chat. Father, thank you so much for um, yeah, more of your patience, Lord God. Your patience is uh, more than ever we'll be able to understand, Lord. And um, we thank you for that and just ask for your help as we take this opportunity to proclaim your mercy to those who uh, may not have heard it or may not have understood it. Um, So help us to be clear in our explanation of the gospel, knowing that it's the power of salvation. And, uh, yeah, just bless those who are watching the stream um, as they watch. May they be encouraged just to see the urgency and to get out and share this for themselves in their own context. And, um, yeah, I just pray that the the technology would work out okay and that... um, We'd be gentle and respectful and yet faithful to your word. We need your help desperately. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Deutschland. Deutschland. Hey, you got a question for you. Got a question for you. It's a deep question. What do you think happens after you die? You go to heaven. Yeah, I agree there's a heaven. What do you have to do to get to heaven? Pray. Pray? Yeah? Hi. Hi. Wait, what happens after I die? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. What do you think happens after you die? So basically what happens after I die why 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 am i asking um, well because it's an important question and i want to share hope with you so do you believe I, god i don't i don't know why are you asking me that <laughs> well i want to share hope with you. <laughs> the things you, the things you experience you look online. like my biology teacher yeah, well, I'd be happy to talk about biology, but something deeper than that. What do you think happens after you die? You gotta I have fuck your mom. I fuck your mom. Man. God's patience is so, so more deeper than mine ever will be. Yeah, I'm an old man. Old men often have some wise things to share. Um so I'd like to ask you, what do you think happens after you die? 
But because I'm live streaming, it would be really cool if you could um, use a mic. Have you got a mic so that we can have a chat? Okay, all good. Well, maybe if you want to check out uh, needgod.net on YouTube and listen in, because I want you to hear some good news. Catch you later, man. Hey, I got a question for you. What? It's a deep question. What do you think happens after we die? Well, I don't know. We fucking die. Yeah, sadly, that's true. Do you believe God is real? Uh, a little bit. You do? A little bit? Okay. Well, I believe God's real. I mean, the universe couldn't make itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you care about justice? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think God cares about the way people act in the universe he made? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. So I believe there's a heaven and a hell. <laughs> Bitch. I'm glad that that was indistinguishable. Hey there. What happens, after, what happens after we die? Yeah, you yeah. What do, you, what do you think? I think I want to go to heaven. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a heaven. What do you think you have to do to get to heaven, though? Abide by the rules of a certain God. Okay, which God is that? The one and only. I agree. There's only one God, logically, right? The universe had a, had a maker. And um, so do you think there's a heaven and a hell? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, what do you think you have to do to get to heaven, man? Abide by those rules that are set. But then I think... Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Just abide by those rule sets that are given. Okay, well, have you obeyed the rules? Like, I would say everyone knows the rules because we've all got a conscience. Have you ever lied, for example? Unfortunately, I have, yes. Yeah, me too. It's not good to lie, right? I guess not. Yeah. What about this one? Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Yeah. When I was younger. Yeah. Right. And last one, have you ever been angry with someone or used bad language with them? I feel like it's like an interrogation. Right? Well, kind of. I mean, I'm not here to interrogate you, but the reality is we're all going to die, face God, and God's going to judge us, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, I've got good news. I want you to know God's mercy but it helps to understand the bad news first. So if you died today and God judged you, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? That's a good question. It is. It's an easy question because if we've told lies, would we we'd be guilty of lying or innocent of lying? Yeah. That's true. That's true. So, so if we're guilty before God, would we deserve a reward or a punishment? Punishment, yeah. Yeah, what sounds more like a punishment to you, heaven or hell? Hell. Okay, now I've got good news. There's a way to remove that punishment so that we don't have to go to hell. Any ideas what that is? No. No? Okay, do you want to hear it? Sure. Yeah, what if someone was willing to take your punishment for you to satisfy that penalty so that you can then go to heaven? If someone was to take 100% of your hell punishment, how much would be left for you to get in hell? 
Zell. Right. So therefore, you'd go to Alan. Do you know who's willing to do that for you? God is. You're right. Can you be more specific? I can't. No. All right. Well, there was somebody who lived on earth and claimed to be God and then proved that to be true. Now, his name was Jesus. How did, how did he die? Got crucified. Now, did Jesus deserve to be crucified? No. No, he didn't. He'd done nothing wrong. But he actually willingly orchestrated that situation. He wanted to go on that cross, even though he didn't yeah. want to, because he wanted to pay the penalty by taking our punishment for us, right? Yeah. And then he proved that he did that when he rose from the dead three days later. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So if Jesus died on the cross to take all your hell punishment, where would you go when you die? Heaven. Right. So the reason we go to heaven is not keeping the laws, not keeping the rules, but because of what? Jesus. Jesus doing what for us? You're right. Jesus taking our sins for us. When he died on the cross and he did that as a gift. So you don't have to be good enough to get it. Instead, you simply accept it by trusting that Jesus died for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah that's, uh, thank that's you, good. Man. That's good news. Hey, yeah, yeah. it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to actually accept it. I, I plead with you to accept that gift today. Trust that Jesus died for you. Okay. All right. I will. I've got a few more questions, though, if that's okay. Like, what kind of questions? Well, I just want to check in to make sure you're really grasping this. Like, what if you don't trust that Jesus died on the cross for you? Then where will you go when you die? If you don't trust, I I don't know. Where will you go? Uh, Well, if you don't trust that he did that for you, uh, he still did it, so I I don't know. So you think it would be heaven? No, I don't if think I offered so. you a gift, if I offered you a gift and you you didn't take the gift from me, have you really received it? No. No. Same with Jesus. But if you accept that the gift is yours, you're going to go to heaven. Yeah. Right. So if, you, so if you don't trust that Jesus died on the cross for you, then where will you go? Well, go to hell. It would be hell. Because if you don't accept the gift by trusting that Jesus died for you, you have to take your own punishment in hell, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just emphasizing again, you, sh- you need to actually accept it, trust that Jesus died for you. So when should you start trusting that Jesus died for you? When should you? Like what point in your life? Or like? Yep, when in your life should you start trusting that Jesus died on the cross for you? I don't know. Well, after you die, it will be too late, right? Yeah. And so you should trust, start trusting that Jesus died for you before you die, right? I yeah. guess that's one way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. When, when are you going to die? You don't know. Right. So therefore, when so should you start? As soon as possible? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, what if someone was to start trusting that Jesus died for them today, but then tomorrow they did 10 more wrong things and die? Where would they end up, heaven or hell? Heaven. Well done. Why do they get to go to heaven even though they did the 10 wrong things? Because Jesus died for our sins. Yeah. 
even our future sins, the moment we start trusting in him, you've got it. Yeah. So if God asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? If what? Say that again. Yeah. If God asked you today, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Because uh, I believe that Jesus died for our sins. Okay. Now that's a good answer. But uh, do we? Do we get to go to heaven because of what we've done or what God's done for us? What's God done for us? Yeah. Right, right. So how would you reword that without pointing to yourself? If, like God asked, like, if God asked you, why should I let you into heaven? How could you answer that without pointing to yourself? I don't know. Don't want to confuse you, but what you said previously, which was, a good answer. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. Now, sometimes people subtly think it's their belief, the amount of their belief or the strength of their belief that's getting them to heaven. But that's not the case. It's not your belief that's getting you to heaven. It's what you're believing in, right? Yeah. And so if I was to answer that question to God, I would say you shouldn't. You shouldn't let me into heaven. You should send me to hell. I've broken all your rules. But because Jesus died on the cross, that's the only reason I can go to heaven. Do you see the subtle difference there? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, again, rather than I believe that Jesus died on the cross, it's Jesus died on the cross. Yeah. 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 So out of 100, how sure are you that you're getting to going to heaven when you die, man? Well, now I'm 100%. Really? So before this, you weren't? Well, 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 it's not that before I wasn't. It's just you've gone more in depth. I, okay. I understand that. Okay. Yeah. So before this chat, though, what did you think you had to do to get to heaven? Just abide by the rules. Okay. So do our good deeds remove our bad deeds, though? No. No. And have you abided by the rules perfectly in your life? No. So before this chat, if you died thinking you're obeying the rules would get you to heaven, where would have you ended up? Hell. Right. So you're saying you're now 100% certain you're going to heaven? Yeah. So you've changed your mind? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, That's the reason why we can be so sure we're going to heaven is because it doesn't depend on how good we've been. It depends on what Jesus did for us. That's why we can yeah. have a certainty on that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you have to be good to get to heaven? Not necessarily. No, you're right. You don't. Of course we want to be good, and I'll come back to that in a second. It's just not getting us to heaven, right? Yeah. Well, thank you for the nine minutes and 53 seconds that I got to labor with them. And yeah, leave them in your care. Just pray that you'd convict him of sin, and that by your gospel, you would save him for your glory. Amen. Um, all right, so where did I get up to on that? Checking questions. Uh he seemed to come to understand gospel. Uh, 
didn't seem to come to understand the gospel. I made it through most of the chicks before he bailed. Um, there we go. Yeah, Father, thank you for that opportunity with that young man. And yeah, I just ask for your help as I continue to labor for your glory. Um, yeah, I just pray you'd pair me with someone willing to engage, uh, willing to take this seriously, even though they're on live stream. And yeah, I need your help and I ask you for it. Amen. <laughs> Hey, I got a question for you. Hey, there's no, a I'm question not, for you. Yeah, yeah. It's a deep question. What do you think happens after we die, man? We got to heaven! We got yeah. to heaven! Yeah! Yeah. Oh. Why are you going to go to heaven when you die? I agree huh? there's a heaven. Why do you get there? Um, If you're a good, if you're a good person. If you're a good person, so Caleb, are you a good person? You're a bad person, you fucking go to hell. No, yeah. Mexicans aren't allowed. Mexicans aren't allowed in heaven. Yeah. Caleb, are are you a good person? Just call me Caleb. Yeah. His name's not Caleb. My name's not Caleb. Okay, well your hat says Caleb. So have you stolen Caleb's hat? Oh, that's my brother. Okay. No, no, <laughs> so no. did you steal your brother's cat? With you, I will. Hey there, got a question for you. Hey, I got a question. Hey, I got a question for you. It's a deep question. What do you think happens after we die? You already asked me that. Sorry, what was the question? What was that? Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> Someone else asked me that some time ago. Okay, yeah. Well, this is a place where people come to talk about whatever they want to talk about. So maybe that person had the same thing in mind that I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I come here to, to, to share the good news of Jesus with people. I believe we go into our consciousness. Yep, I think we're going to have a consciousness after we die as well. Do you believe God is real? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's a heaven and a hell? Kind of, I would say so. Yeah, I, I agree. Not as much as it's betrayed in some places. Okay, well, I would define heaven as a place of uh, no punishment. And hell is a place of punishment. It's going to be conscious yeah. judge, uh, justice in the next life. Yeah. What do you think you have to do to get to the place of no punishment, man? Act good. Act good. Yeah. I'm actually here to share good news. If that was true, no one would make it to the place of no punishment. Because everyone's done something wrong, right? Yeah, like, for example, have you ever lied? I mean, everyone has. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. But that's not an excuse to lie, right? Yeah. What, what about this one? Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Yeah. 
probably. And last one, have you ever been angry with someone or used bad language with them? Of course. So if you died today, I hope you don't, and God judged you by those rules, would you be innocent or guilty? Innocent. Okay. So to be innocent means you've never broken any of the laws throughout your life. Guilty means you've broken just one of the rules once. So based on that de definition, since you've agreed that you've lied, disobeyed your parents, been angry, would you be innocent or guilty? I guess it wouldn't be a scale. No. Innocent means you've broken none of the rules, never, not once. And guilty means you've broken just one once. I'd be guilty. So would we deserve a reward or a punishment? I guess some punishment. Yeah. That sounds more like a punishment to you, heaven or hell. Hell. Okay, now I've got good news. There is a way to remove that punishment. Any ideas what that is? A place in between. Well, like a purgatory? Actually, there's no need for a purgatory because there's a way to completely remove that punishment before we die so that we can go to the place of no punishment after we die. What if someone was willing to take your punishment for you? 100% of it. How much would be left for you to get and how? Could you repeat that? Yeah. What if someone was willing to pay 100% of your hell punishment for you? Take that punishment for you. If they took 100% of it for you, how much would be left for you to get in hell? Zero. And so therefore, where would you go when you die? Heaven. Yeah. Do you know who's willing to do that for you? People in the church. No, there's no person in the church that's able to do that for us, except for the head of the church, the one who lived the perfect life and never once broke the law. Do you know who I'm referring to there? Yeah, it's Jesus. Jesus lived the perfect life on earth as the man, Jesus. He died on the cross to bear the penalty for the sin of the world. Then he rose again three days later. That's good news because if he rose again, he's defeated death. And death is hell. You've heard this before? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Does it make sense? It does. It does. So if Jesus died on the cross to take all your hell punishment for you, where would you go when you die? To heaven. Right. 
So what's the only reason why we can remove our punishment and get to heaven after we die? To get to heaven. Yep. And so why can we get to heaven? What's what's the reason why we can remove that punishment? You're either really, really still or you've disconnected and frozen, man. Oh, you're back. That was freaky. Like you just, yeah. you just froze. I froze. Yeah. Was that the video feed freezing or was that you just sitting still? That freaked me out, man. I guess we will never know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll never know. But why can we go to heaven when we die, even though we don't deserve it? Because God forgives us. Yeah, how does God forgive us? Because God is also just, he must punish the wrong we do. We need to forgive ourselves. No. No. It's not going to help at all. Because it's not ourselves that we've sinned against. A crime is against God. So we actually need God's forgiveness, the universe maker's forgiveness. So... What's the reason why we can go to heaven, even though we don't deserve it? We don't deserve forgiveness. Why can we go to heaven anyway? Because of love. You're right. And how is that love demonstrated? Through our punishment. Yeah. It's, it's loving to demonstrate a punishment. That's what we deserve. But how's that punishment removed from us so that we can go to heaven? By asking for forgiveness. It's funny you say that because that won't remove your punishment. If I was to commit serious crimes and be arrested, stand before a judge, and I ask the judge to be forgiven. What's the judge going to do? Send me to prison or let me go free? Send to prison. Same with God. Asking for forgiveness is not going to remove the punishment for the things that we've done wrong. Now, of course we want to ask for forgiveness. Of course we want to be sorry for the wrong we've done. We should be. But being sorry, asking for forgiveness doesn't remove the punishment. What religious background do you have, can I ask? Some Christianity. Yeah, was it a form of Catholicism? 
Yeah. So the Catholic Church teaches when you boil it down, there's things you have to do to get to heaven. They say that baptism removes original sin. And then you've got to do no mortal sins. And you've got to make up for your venial sins before you'll make it to, to heaven. So they, they teach that there's a, a middle middle place. But that would deny what God clearly teaches in the Bible. There's no need for a purgatory because getting to heaven is a gift, right? And the devil's in the details. You want, want to be specific. What does that verse say, ma'am, that I dropped into the text? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. So that no one can boast. No one deserves heaven. Everyone deserves hell. An eternity in a lake of fire. But the only way to remove that would be to have an eternally perfect person sacrifice their life. And so my baptism is not required. Me fighting against sin and being good enough is not required. Heaven's, heaven's a gift so that God gets the glory, right? And so that's why I'm not a Catholic. That's why I'm a Christian who believes the Bible. Do you agree? I'm not sure. You're not sure? Yep. Well, have I at least explained myself, even if you disagree with me? What am I saying is the reason why someone can get to heaven? The reason we can get to heaven is not because we were good enough, but because Jesus died on the cross to pay our hell fine in full as a gift. And knowing that incredible gift that I've been given, I now want to live my life in service of him. I want to do good. I want to resist sin. Not to get to heaven, but because I love the one who's got me to heaven. I'll leave you with that, man. Thanks for the yeah, chat. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Peace out. Goodbye. Bye.
Check out needgod.net. All right. See you later. See you. Father, thank you for the 14 minutes and 10 seconds that I got to spend with that, that person. I really didn't seem to want to be preached at. But I just leave him in your care. I just pray you convict him of sin. Seems like he's already got an understanding of that. But Lord, that he would truly come to understand your grace. I leave him in your care. Amen. just ask for your help with this next chat as well um, that I'd be able to glorify you by representing you well I need your help and I really do ask you for it pray you'd pair me with someone just willing to engage um, but even if they don't Lord I just pray that I'd be able to glorify you in the way I represent you I need your help amen Hello. Hey there, I got a question for you. Are you Australian? No, I'm actually from New Zealand. But I'm oh, that's even cooler, mate. I'm, I'm honored to be, be identified as an Australian, though. So, <laughs> hey, uh, can I ask you a question? What? My question is what do you think happens after you die? I think you get reincarnated into a different living creature. Yep, okay. What creature do you think you're going to come back as in your next life? <sighs> Maybe a human. I think that you become another human, just like oh. a different life. Because I heard this story about some boy who got murdered. And he had like this, when he like reborn apparently, he had like this big mark. And he brought his parents to where he got murdered. Wow. Like where his past self got murdered. So I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Okay. But I saw so, his life as there's a game called BitLife. Uh, you know it, right? I haven't heard and of you it. Know how, no. uh, well, you can get ribbons for what you do in your life. So successful, academic, rich, loaded, mooch, uh, scandalous, wasteful, you know? Mm. Um, personally, I think that one, if you die you die that's just what fate has in store for you and two i'm really planning on getting either the rich academic or successful um uh little ribbon i i hear okay do you believe god is real that's a really really good question yeah for me <clears throat> For me, I am more of a science person. So I believe mm -hmm. that if the Big Bang really did happen and like everything in the universe as we know was created, mm -hmm. in our time periods that we had, I don't really know how, where he would be. 
because in the BCE they didn't have stuff like the in like you know in like the really old old times like caveman times mm-hmm. they didn't really have stuff that Jesus would said to have mm-hmm. you know and that was depicted in like the photos of like the Great Supper or I think that's what it's called the Great Supper ah uh, the like Last that. Supper are you talking about yeah that I, I was close <laughs> yeah right so in our time periods I really don't get where he would be like in our time periods because he's either too old from what i know because i could be completely wrong and just be talking like a buffoon (laughs) but from what i know and i don't know much but from what i know he doesn't really fit in our time periods because he's either too old or too young to be in the time period okay so where do you think where do you think this universe came from though Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of theories, like the um, Nova one. I don't remember what it was called. Some I don't Supernova. remember what it was called. Big and Bang. Then, oh, yeah, the Big Bang. Um, I mean, I guess. I mean, the the whole God thing. I don't think. I don't think. Um. I don't know, because it's like, how are you gonna create something, right? Mm-hmm. Because. People, people believe yep. that he created everything, right? Well, it's interesting you say that. Or because... I could be wrong because, like I said, I'm not really like I'm not religious or anything like that. That's okay. Yeah, let, let me let me give you a logic exercise to just to think this through. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. If I told you your house made itself, would you believe me? My house is what? Your house that you're in at the moment, if I told you that it made itself, would you believe me? No. No. Why not? Because, like, that doesn't make sense. Spot on. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to say something made itself. The building had to have a builder for it, right? Right. Now, even though we've never seen the builder for the building, I certainly haven't seen the builder of your house, I still know they're real because... The building I can see proves that they're real, right? Right. Now, wouldn't the same thing be true for this universe around us? You see... Oh, shit. Yeah, what I'm getting at is the universe is complicated like your house is, and the universe had a beginning like your house did, and so therefore it makes sense that there's a universe maker that made these materials in the first place. Right. Saying, saying there was a big bang actually doesn't deal with the first cause because you have to ask where did the materials for the big bang come from right Damn. yeah it makes sense right now if yeah. the universe maker made this universe do you think they're happy with the way the people act within his universe no right and so therefore it would make sense that there's going to be a place of punishment after we die right what do you think you have to do to avoid that place of punishment be good okay now i disagree i would say actually to avoid the place of punishment is a gift now let me explain that do you think you're a good person 
Well, I could be better, but it could be worse. We've got an objective standard by which we can measure by something that's independent of you and I. It's oh. it's called our it's called our conscience. Okay, so have you ever told a lie, for example? Yeah. Yeah, I have too. It's not good to lie, right? Right. What about this one? Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Yeah. And last one, have you ever been angry with someone or used bad language with them? Yeah. So if you died today and the universe maker judged you by those rules, would you be innocent or guilty? I've got good oh, news. I don't really know. I've got good news coming, but what I'm trying to do is explain why being good won't get you to the place of no punishment. The only way to get there by being good would be to live perfectly. And we've all lived, failed to live perfectly, right? Yeah. I'd be guilty because I've broken those laws. I've lied. I've disobeyed my parents. I've been angry and used bad language. I'd be guilty. I deserve a punishment, and that would be hell. But there's a way to remove that punishment as a gift. Any ideas what that is? Have you heard? Help other people? Well, think about it like this. If you drove a car too fast down the highway and the police pulled you over, what would they give you? A ticket. Right. Let's say it's $100 and you can't afford to pay it. But a friend of yours says, hey, I'll pay the speeding ticket for you as a gift. And they do. They pay the $100. How much is now left for you to pay to the police? Not nothing. Right. Same concept with God. We've broken God's law. We deserve a punishment. But God's willing to pay that penalty for us so that we can go to heaven. If someone was to pay 100% of your hell punishment, how much would be left for you to get in hell? Nothing. Right. So therefore, where would you go when you die? Heaven. Right. Do you know who's willing to do that for you? And how? Surely, God? surely, surely you've heard of Jesus, right? You mentioned the Last Supper earlier. Well, Jesus claimed to be God. God who is perfect, doesn't deserve to get a punishment. Jesus died on the cross, right? And when he was dying on the cross, he was willingly taking the punishment for the sin of the world. He then rose again three days later to prove that he had defeated our great enemy, which is death, right? Does that make sense? No. No? Okay. We've broken God's law. We deserve a punishment, right? Yeah. God is willing to satisfy that punishment so that he can give us mercy. To demonstrate his mercy to us, he has to satisfy his justice. Right. What, like, how did he just come back? Well, Jesus is God. He had the power to bear the sin of the world upon the cross. He had the power to lay down his life. And then he had the power, being God, to bring his life back again. So that's really important because he's proving he's defeating death and hell when he rose from the dead. 
So that's a miracle, right? That's supernatural. But that proves that Jesus is supernatural. He's the universe maker who made the universe. Now, it makes sense when we understand it in sense of that speeding ticket, right? I do a speeding ticket. <clears throat> I The law gives me the punishment. I have to, to pay the fine. But if my friend pays it, the law is still satisfied, right? It's the same with God. God is just. He can't let criminals go free. He must justly punish. But he also is merciful and he wants to demonstrate that. And so in the cross of Jesus, we see the justice of God satisfied and the mercy of God given. Now, am I still confusing you? No. Okay. Do you believe God is real? Does did what I explain about God being real make sense? It makes sense, but I, I'm gonna stick to my opinion. Sure. Why? I just you know, I just think that um, it's kind of terrifying, you know, letting one person decide. Like, I'm not saying that, like, he's not worthy of it or whatever. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know. You know? When are you going to die? I don't know. I, I'm glad you're Tomorrow, terrified. Next, I'm... Week, next month, in 50 years. I hope you have a very long life, but the reality is we could die today. And so I don't want you, I don't want you to go, I'm going to reject this. I, I want to plead with you. God is just, he's going to make sure every wrong thing is perfectly punished, but he's also merciful. And it's no coincidence that I've been paired with you. So I can share this with you. I want you to take God's mercy. Now, you don't have to be good enough to get that. Instead, you simply accept it by trusting that Jesus died for you. At the very least, it's worthy of investigation, right? Because what I've shared with you is logically sound, right? And so you sound like a very smart, you know, young lady. You obviously study science. And I'd just encourage you to read about the life of Jesus. You can get a Bible for free on your smartphone. Just search for ESV Bible, English Standard Version. And then go to the book of John, because the Bible's made up of 66 books. And you should be able to easily do that in the app, change to John. It's just a summary of the life of Jesus. Read that for yourself. And keep reading. Yeah. So I just want to check in to make sure you're really grasping me. What, what, is, what am I saying is the reason why we can go to heaven? Because God is like, I guess, paying our ticket. Yeah. And giving us mercy. And how did he do that? How did he pay our ticket? Oh, shit. 
Oh, by dying for us. Yeah. Who died for us? Jesus? Yeah, that's right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty, and he did that as a gift. You don't have to be good enough to get it. You simply accept it by trusting that Jesus died for you. But what if you don't trust that Jesus died for you? Then where will you go when you die? I mean, if you don't trust somebody, but like they know that like, let's say, right. You don't trust your friend Stacy, mm -hmm. you know, but um, she pays your, even though she knows that she pays your, spe your speeding ticket. Mm -hmm. You know, because I feel that if you don't trust somebody, mm -hmm. like, okay. Well, hold on. My, yeah. my. Sorry, don't, don't get caught up in the whole trust thing. All I'm saying is Jesus is doing this for us as a gift. You have to accept the gift. Right. If you don't accept the gift, who's going to take the punishment for you instead of Jesus? So you have to believe in him for him to let you into heaven? You have to accept his gift by believing that he died for you. Yeah. If you don't believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, if you reject that gift, you're going to have to take your own punishment. And that would mean going to hell for eternity, right? That's more of a trade. Your acceptance for my my gift no way actually i would say it's not a trade at all yeah it's a gift you have to simply take the gift if you don't mm -hmm. take the gift then yeah but it's certainly not a trade it's certainly not something that you're earning yeah what i'm getting at is if jesus doesn't take your punishment for you then you're going to have to take your own punishment in hell and so when should someone start trusting that Jesus died for them? I don't know when they're born. Well, we don't know when we're going to die. And after we die, it will be too late. So right now, as soon as possible, as soon as we come to understand about what Jesus did for us, we should accept that gift. We should trust that Jesus died for us. So, like, what about, like, other religions? Are they just going to go to hell? Great, great question. Every human being on this earth, irrelevant of which culture or religion or non-religion they're part of, everyone knows God is real in the same way. A building can't make itself. That doesn't make sense. So everyone knows there has to be a universe maker for the universe. And secondly, everyone, irrelevant of religion or culture, knows right from wrong because we have a, a conscience. And so therefore, there's not going to be anyone with an excuse on Judgment Day. doesn't matter what religion or culture we're in. But Jesus died on the cross, not just for people of one particular religion or culture. He's offering this to everyone. Now, I want Muslims, I want atheists, I want Christians, I want Buddhists, 
I want them to trust that Jesus died on the cross for their sin. And then they will go to heaven. But that will mean they will no longer be Muslims, Buddhists, atheists. They'll be Christians, right? And so, yeah, if someone doesn't accept the gift of God, they will justly receive the punishment for the things they've done wrong against the God they know is real. That's why I'm, I'm on Omegle. This is why I'm talking to you. I want to talk to everyone, right? But you've not answered my question. I have. If you're Muslim, and let's, I'm just using Muslim as an example. If sure. you're Muslim and on uh, judge, judge, judgment, judgment Day, day yep. and you still decide to be Muslim, are you saying that, they, that Jesus won't give them their gift? What does Mus what does a Muslim think they have to do to get to heaven? I don't know. I'm not. I, I don't That's all right. Yeah, I talk to a lot of Muslims, and when you boil it down, they'll say, "Be good," and ask for forgiveness. Now, let's let's do a thought exercise. If I commit five serious crimes today, and then tomorrow I do zero crimes, and I instead do ten good things. Are the police still going to arrest me for those five crimes I did yesterday? Yeah. Right. Same with God. Me doing good deeds and stopping my sin isn't going to remove my punishment, right? And if I'm standing before a judge and I've committed five serious crimes and I go, judge, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Is the judge going to let me go free or send me to prison? Send you to prison? Same with God. So anyone who's trusting in themselves, their good deeds, they're asking for forgiveness. And you could say that about a Muslim, an atheist. You could say that about a Buddhist. You could say that about many people. Their good deeds can't remove their punishment. And they know they've broken the law of the God who knows they know is real. So God's going to justly send them to hell. But that's why I want to tell them this good news about Jesus. God's willing to take their punishment as a gift. Trust that Jesus died on the cross for you. So what if someone was to start trusting that Jesus died for them today, but then tomorrow they do 10 more sins and die? Where would they end up? Heaven or hell? hell wrong answer it would be heaven because when jesus let me explain when if G, when jesus died on the cross was he taking the punishment only for our past sin or was it for our future sin as well future spot on and so the moment that person started trusting that jesus died for them jesus is paying for those 10 extra sins as well so therefore, it would be heaven, not hell. Heaven is a gift. So like, okay, so let's say Sunday, you're like, oh, okay, Jesus is real. I believe that he paid for our sins, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Monday, you decide to go and murder 17 people. Yeah, great and question. And Tuesday, you, you don't wake up. Great question. Like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I'm so glad you've asked that question. Somebody who understands the gift that Jesus has given them 
is not going to want to use that as an excuse to do more wrong things. They're not going to want to murder 17 people. Let me explain it like this. Okay, but let's say they do. Okay, let's say they do. But like, let's say they did. Yep. Jesus died on the cross for the sin of the world. Now, our anger is like murder to God because even our small sins are very serious to God. So when anger is the root of murder, anger leads to hatred, hatred leads to murder. I'm a murderer and in my heart because of all the anger I've had for people. So yes, Jesus can pay the fine for a murderer and a murderer can go to heaven, murderer like me. But um, if you were in a burning building and a fireman rescued you, how would you feel towards that fireman? Thankful. Yeah. Would you turn around and start punching the fireman in the face? No. Of course not. That's ridiculous. It's the same idea with Jesus. If we trust that he took the punishment for our sin as a gift, then out of our gratitude for him, we are now going to want to do less wrong and more good over the rest of our lives because. Doing the wrong things would be like punching a fireman in the face after he saved us. So this is the key difference. You don't have to be good enough to get to heaven. But if you're going to heaven because of Jesus, out of your gratitude, you're going to want to do good things. Do you see the difference? Yeah. So... I feel like you're starting to really understand what I'm sharing with you. You're asking really good questions. You're asking hard questions. But these are important questions, right? So if you died today and God asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would your answer be? Because this man in an orange T-shirt with a um, galaxy behind him lectured me about you and i sat through the entire thing well that wouldn't be the right answer because i can't take your punishment for you i can't remove your punishment i'm simply sharing the message with you but what is the message why can god remove your punishment and let you into heaven how can he do that Because he paid for our sins. Yeah, spot on. How did he pay for our sins for us? He died and then came back. You've got it. Jesus died on the cross and rose again to satisfy our punishment so God can be merciful to us. Yeah, so out of a hundred, how sure can you be that you're going to heaven when you die? We can be certain that we're going to heaven because it's a gift. It doesn't rest and depend upon what we've done, but it depends on what Jesus did for us. That's why we can have a certainty about going to heaven, and, and that's reassuring. Yeah. So. So, like, I could just, like, oh. I could just like, right, like I'm five years old, 
I believe in God because I my parents Catholic, whatever. I grew up to be twenty three and I just start uh doing heinous crimes like trees is that a really bad crime? I don't know. Uh, let's just say treason, vandalism, murder, uh, I become a serial killer, but I believe in God. Right? I say that uh, everyone uh, believes in I God. Say, what? Everyone knows God is real. So, right. No, I've I've already explained that. Somebody who's accepted the gift of Jesus dying on the cross for them, they'll have a changed life as a result. They're going to be over the rest so it of their life. Doesn't matter what they do, because uh, they believe in Jesus. Jesus. The only reason we go to heaven is because Jesus died on the cross for us. But when God gives us that gift, he also changes our hearts and our minds. And we start growing in a different direction. We start wanting to do more good and less bad. And over the rest of our life, that will actually occur. We will start doing more good and less bad over the rest of our life. But if you trust that Jesus died on the cross for you and then die without having an opportunity of doing anything, you will still go to heaven because you don't go to heaven because you were good enough. You go to heaven because of Jesus paying our fine. It's a gift that will change you. And I think that's why many so people reject sad? the gift. I think that's why many people reject the gift. They, they don't want to change. They actually enjoy doing those things that are wrong. Yeah, people want to be their own God. They want to decide what's right and wrong. They want to, to be in charge of how they live their lives. And so they go, no, I don't want, I don't want the gift of the true God. Stuff you, Jesus. I'm going to, this is how I'm going to live my life. Now, you're welcome to do that. But the reality is God made the universe. He made us. He's given us our breath. And so we will be accountable to him and his law. And so he's going to justly punish. I just want you to have his mercy. Um, it's a gift, but it will change your life. You will now want to submit to him and his ways. Which will mean no murder, no rape, no doing any of those things, because God hates those things. No, 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 no. Let's say you have lived your life somehow, somehow you've lived your life perfectly. Somehow. Never told a lie, never mm -hmm. disobeyed your parents, never yep. did any of that. Yep. You were a good kid, you were a good adult, you yep. became a doctor, you saved lives. All in your life, you did good. Yep. But you didn't believe in God. Would you go to hell? Well, that's that's an impossible hypothetical because to reject the God that made you and deny that he's real when you know he is real would be a, a very serious crime. So you wouldn't be perfect. But if a per person lived a perfect life, they would go to heaven because Heaven is a place for people who are perfect. The problem is, but there's only one person who's done they that. Didn't 
I've answered the question. It's an impossible hypothetical. Everyone knows God is real, and to deny that God is real is a very serious crime against God. There are no good people. So they would go to hell. Everyone deserves hell because we've broken his law. We go to hell because we've broken the law of the God we know exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good questions. So I've got another question for you. What if someone was to say to you, I believe that Jesus died on the cross, but I think I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Where would they end up, heaven or hell? Based on what I've explained to you anyway. I don't think I get to decide that, you know. You're right. You're right. But God's given us all the information to know why we will get to go to heaven and why we will deserve hell. That person believes that Jesus died on the cross, but they think they're going to heaven because they're good. Can our good deeds remove our bad deeds? No, 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 can't. Yeah. And so there's many people who go to churches. They they say they believe that Jesus died on the cross. But when you ask them why they're going to heaven, they'll say, I'm a good person. They're missing the main point. And they're going to get a rude shock. When, well, I actually don't think they will get a shock because they're trusting in themselves and rejecting Jesus. So. Just, just because somebody says they're a Christian, that, that doesn't mean they actually are. What if someone was to say to you, I think I'm going to heaven for two reasons. The first reason is that I trust that Jesus died on the cross for me. Second reason is because I'm a good person. Would they be going to heaven or hell? Heaven? No, it would be hell, sadly. Because they're still partly trusting in themselves. The only reason we get to heaven is because of the gift of Jesus' sacrifice. And you've got to trust that that's the only reason you're going to heaven. And again, there's many, many people in churches. Yeah, I trust that Jesus died for me, but they also think they need to be good enough. They're missing the point. And I don't want you to miss that point. I don't want you to miss that this is an amazing gift from Jesus. Yes, it will change your life. Of course we want to be good. Of course we want to resist sin. It's just not being good and resisting sin that gets me to heaven. It's Jesus' gift dying on the cross to pay my fine that gets me there. I leave this with you. I encourage you to get the Bible on your smartphone and read John. It's a summary of the life of Jesus. And check this out for yourself, okay? Any any other questions before I leave you to it? Are you live? Yeah. Live streaming on uh, YouTube at the moment. Needgod.net. What? Needgod.net on YouTube. Wow, that's so cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Check, check out the um, Insta, the TikTok, if you want to want to see it. But yeah, nice talking. To you. My name was Glenn. I'm from New Zealand.
Yeah, it was nice talking to you. You too. Yeah, yeah. I'll catch you later, okay? Okay. See you later. Father, thank you for that opportunity to, yeah, just labor with that young person. And I think they were grasping it, uh, terrified by it, uh, resisting it. Uh, Lord, I just pray they'd be convicted of their sin um, and that you would save them for your glory. Thank you for that opportunity. Amen. Okay, folks, I'm going to pass over to Ryan. For us to we like for us to be um, saved, for us to be with Christ. I don't like using the word saved, by the way, but for us to be with Christ, because heaven is wherever God is. I think you can agree with me on that. It's not. It doesn't have to be. The word saved is literally place. there in the Bible. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> well, by grace, but, you have been saved. Um, no, because there's like, like I guess you guys pinpoint a specific point in time when you are saved. That's why no, I, that. I, I avoid using that. Have word. been so past tense. You have been saved. Uh, I would love for the verse, but and it's it right there. Uh, have a look, it's right there in the chat. Ephesians two eight and nine. Okay. For by grace you have been saved through grace, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works. Okay, where? We're saved, sorry. For by grace you have been. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, um, sorry, I completely lost my train. So um, now I think now through my beliefs, we have to work with God hand in hand, okay, where everything we do has is. to be through Christ. Yeah, I understand that's what you and, believe and but it says, according to these verses here, we've shown already, have been saved, past tense. And it's per in fact, it's perfect tense, which means it's past, but it's ongoing. The effects are forever ongoing. And it was through faith that we received that. Because remember, if he died for 100% of your sins, that must include your future sins, right? Mm, yes, but the sins for for them to be forgiven you they have they have to be offered as a sacrifice they have he has already. to be he's a sacrifice yes On the now, now he's a sacrifice yes 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 i agree but now how do we put those sins up on the cross how how do we do that we don't have to put them on the cross jesus died for them on the cross two thousand years ago and from the moment we believe that he's done that 
we receive that forgiveness and as a permanent forgiveness. We don't have to re-offer Christ again. That would be that wouldn't be good. No, 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 no. We're not we're not re-offering Christ. Again, we believe in one body of one body of Christ, one church, one liturgy. Okay, where the liturgy is an everlasting liturgy. It's not we believe that Christ dying yeah, on the cross, but the, the priest says, just offers our sins up on, on the altar, the ne- which the is offering says, up onto the cross. But the Bible never says that we need to tr- we need to offer Jesus a, like again, or offer, put our sins onto Jesus. They uh, would put on again. Jesus. We're not offering it again. But but no, no, he do you did say like it doesn't doesn't say we need to get a priest to then intercede for us to kind of put our no 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 sins not intercede. So so it's Have it's just. This. In terms of the future sins, this verse might be really helpful. First John two one. Can I read it out for us? If anyone does sin. Okay. So what is that? Did you read with us? So I'm writing these things so that you may not sin, right? But if anyone does sin, so this is future to sins, mm-hmm. we have an advocate with the Father. Who's our advocate? Yeah, okay, Jesus Christ. Right. So because Jesus now, Christ is already interceding, he's already gone before me and already died for those sins, any future sin does not separate me from Christ and that forgiveness that he's already given to me. Now, the so the, the of course the apostles, I, I believe, were given the, the grace to forgive sins, and that was our proof. And then Christ also said, he he gave his body and blood and said, "Take eat of take eat of this, for this is my body of the new uh, covenant broken for you and for many to given for the remission of sin. And then the, this is my blood of the new covenant given uh, that was shed for you and for many given for the remission of sin." Right, so, so, so why? So, do you believe in partaking of his body and blood or no? Ultimately, how did our sins get forgiven? He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we uh, we have been healed. That is how my sins got taken. You agree? So, so then how? Uh, so yeah, yeah. But how do how does? Again, I, I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you believe in the body and blood of Christ and partaking of it? Well, in terms of you're asking about the you're asking about communion. That's what you're talking about, right? Eucharist, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that's what we do in our church. We do take part in that celebration of what Christ has done for us. But that's not getting me to heaven. Jesus is getting me to heaven. Yes, but Christ said, abide in me and I in you. So abiding means ultimately holding on to Jesus and trusting in him. Okay. And f- so how does one trust in Christ? How does one put his full trust? How does one give up? So for one to give his full trust to Christ and for one to be fully with Christ, what does he have to do? He has to give up the world. Hey, well, I think you have to agree with that. No, I think you, I don't think okay. you or any person can successfully give up the world as, as God or, or to, uh, commands us to, and to live how God wants us to, because he commands us to be absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect as our Heavenly Father is, which you know you can't do, and I know that I can't do. Matthew 5, 48, he said that. You must be perfect. It's possible. But you haven't. You know you haven't, have you? No, 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 no. Of course I haven't. Okay. Of course I haven't, but and, there, it's possible. No, I'm just saying it is well, possible. Well, 1 John says, if anyone claims that they're now without sin, they deceive themselves, and the truth is not in them. Exactly. Right? No no one has no one has claimed, but, the, but we see people who... 
have lived in the wilderness their entire lives who did like we have a saint who we believe That's was completely sinless who, who, who wasn't completely perfect. sinless sorry he, right. he 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 stopped sinning where he got to a point where he was perfected in the faith that's what we say yeah it's just that what well, that would contradict first john 1 8 he says if anyone claims to be without sin now they just he never himself. claimed he will he well, never claimed but to if be he's perfect if he doesn't sin anymore that's exactly what he that's what you just said he is he's he doesn't sin anymore i know but he never claimed to stop sinning it's what 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 was seen okay but the point is that whether he claimed it or not the fact that it's it's saying that you will still sin everyone will still sin until the time they die shows that he has he was not sin free no 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 so but so so this the, this verse that you're bringing up i know what you're saying i know what you're saying the but verse that you brought up who's who is sin free and who is that christ christ i understand so, but so the verse that you brought up the verse that you brought up where if 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 a person says that they uh, they don't sin they're lying that's because they're sinning by saying that, that that's them and why being prideful why are they lying by saying that why are they lying by saying that because they're being prideful if they're saying i haven't no, sinned no but they're saying they're lying by saying it which means yes that... which means they're being prideful when they say no, that no, they no, haven't no. sinned if a person says it, they means, haven't sinned which means a person says if it says they deceive themselves, because is it was it wrong for Jesus to say that he is perfect? Um, did Christ himself say he was perfect? Well, he said no one's good but God alone. He know that he's God, so he's claiming that he's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, but that wasn't sinning. That wasn't prideful to Jesus say that he's perfect. And so, if someone actually was sin free, it wouldn't be sin. It wouldn't be sinning for them to say they're sin free. But the reason why it says they deceive themselves is because no one is sin free this side of heaven. No, because this is talking in uh, strictly about hu humility. Because the the true humility is knowing true humility is knowing your brokenness and knowing your sinful nature and knowing that you yeah. are full of sin and you need no one but God. So that's my what question, true humility. My question is. for you then is. Are you willing to come to that point where you realize that you cannot save yourself? Your works then have zero part in you saving you, but Jesus did all the works needed for you to go to heaven. Not zero part, no. And that's the problem is you're not works willing to humble yourself to that point to realize nothing in my hands I bring, but simply to the cross I cling. Again, again, works like you read out like, that verse, Ephesians two out nine, and you said, "For by yeah, grace I, you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing." So, not your own doing, man. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Do you believe that? Again, you you're looking at at everything first out of context, and secondly, not, not in the context Nothing of the whole Bible, because okay, every verse, too. everything in the Bible is in the context of the whole Bible. You cannot look at one verse and say this is what I the agree. Bible says. I agree, and there's no verses that ever talk about how we go to heaven by our good deeds. It's all based on it does go what Christ depth. did for us. Because I brought up a few verses, and I can bring up the one that I wanted to say that you uh, you cut me off in where. The, the bridegroom is coming. Do you think the, the, the Bible contradicts itself? No, of course so not. Then, so then are we saved as a result of our works or not? Through both works and grace and okay, faith. Okay, so sorry. then you're saying Paul was wrong in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. No. 
But what did he say in that verse? Uh, you don't base off the whole Bible off of one verse, no, first no, of no, all. But hold up, you know it's um, not contradicting each other. So, is no, right? no, 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 because right it won't. Can I, can I, give me, is give he, me one second. Sorry, I right, just want to. Tell me, is he right or wrong when he says that? That's why I want to pull it up. Give me a second. I just want to pull it up, see it in context. My bad. Sure. Uh, and you'll see the context supports what I'm saying. As he repeats the idea a few times in uh, that chapter. And I stood up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness toward us in face and that not of yourselves, just like not of works, but that lest anyone should boast, for we are his work creating Jesus Christ for good works, which before the hand. That we, yeah, <laughs> look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in, G in Christ Jesus for good works, oh, which God prepared Lord. beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, yes. remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hey, hands. Hey, hold, so, hold up. Just wait up. So you, you just mm -hmm. supported my case then. Verse 10 supports my That's case. So. I believe good works are important, but not to be saved but because i am saved i'll do good works because that's what verse 10 says it says we're saved by grace then what's the point of good works at all what's the point of good works at all if they're important but they're not points then what's the point of them at all because we're saved for them god saved us that we might now do good works we're not saved by our good works but we're saved that we might do them now that's the whole point of why god saved us not so that we would sit back and just do nothing and waste our time and sin but so that we might now live for the one who died for us. Again, again, good works. So, so good works are important, and good works are are the like you need good works and faith working hand no. in hand. You cannot no, have no, no, one no. without again, the other. You've just missed what Paul says in Ephesians eight and nine. He says, "Not of works, not a result of works, that no one may boast." But then, but then the verse after says, yeah. for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, for which God prepared beforehand that we should that? work in them. Yeah. So we're saved for good works. He doesn't say saved by good works, saved for good works. Such an important distinction there. Mm, again, I don't I don't agree. Then you just disagree uh, with the Bible. So it's up to you if you if you want to disagree with the Bible. You, you're being like a Muslim who says I don't like that verse in the Bible because it says Jesus. No, no, don't call me. Don't call me like a Muslim. Bro. Well, don't, don't in do a that. way, your beliefs are very similar to them. They want to try and earn their way to heaven. That's what you're trying to do as well. I'm not earning my way to heaven. I'm following. So, so again, you got to so understand that that so me, I have to work on myself. They're trying to work on themselves as well, man. They're trying to make sure that. They so you're not trying to work on yourself. You're not, not trying to, to work on yourself. Not to be saved. I, I now aim to be more holy and do good works because I'm saved, but not to get saved. But Muslims are trying to do good deeds to be saved. And what's the point of and good that, works? Again, you're 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 not telling me what's the point of good works then if if it's not Because God be saved, saved us for good works. That in itself is enough reason. God saved us that He might that we might live for Him now as saved, redeemed people. And so so now that you're saved, now you can do good works, but anything before that is in vain, correct? Well, and yeah, until you're saved, you don't really you can't even do any good deeds because without faith it's impossible to please God. It says that in the Bible. I'll give you an example, man. Like if a fireman was to rescue you from a burning building, 
would you want to punch the fireman who saved your life, or would you want to thank him? What analogy are you bringing up? I'm what sorry. You, someone, say, someone saves your life from a burning building. What would you want to do for the person who saved your life? Tell him good job. You're doing your job. Yeah, would you say so you thank him, wouldn't you? Would you maybe you might even buy him a gift? You might say, "Hey, I'll take you out for lunch, man. You saved my life. I really appreciate that." Would you be grateful to him? Okay, I'll take Jesus out for lunch, bro. I, I like like this. This doesn't make sense. You're now, you're you're, did you you're have to... comparing a firefighter with God. Yeah, it's a brilliant analogy because you did you have to take the fireman out to lunch before he saved you from the burning building? Okay, okay, that that analogy just does not work whatsoever. So, so are Why? you telling me if I don't believe in this firefighter, I'm uh, I'm not gonna get saved. I'm not. I'm not. He's not gonna save me from no, the. Okay. You know, you know what the analogy. Don't twist the analogy. Instead, be, you didn't have to thank the fireman before he saved you. He saved your life, and that's why you thanked him, and that's why you bought him gifts and took him out to lunch. And so in the same. No, but way, if I don't believe in the firefighter, I'm not. I'm not going. Uh, I'm not gonna be, get saved from the burning building. Well, like the you, analogy falls apart. I'm just saying that not it's just really, a, it's not just at a all, stupid because, analogy. So, no so the point is, the point is, why did you thank the fireman? Why did you thank him? Well, because he 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 got me from the burning building, right. you know. Right. So your gratitude. Was he did basis. his job. Your gratitude was the basis of doing that. Those nice things for him. And so the same thing. If Jesus saves us from a burning hell, what does that make us want to do for Jesus now? Okay. Okay. So, so, so Jesus is our firefighter that saved us from hell, and now, now because he saved us from hell, I need to bring him out to lunch. Am I? Did I get the analogy right? Now you want to live for him. You want to thank him, honor him with the rest of your life, and do good deeds, whatever he wants you to do. Okay. Okay. Amazing analogy. Anyways, nice talking to you, bro. Makes sense, doesn't it? That is the gospel. We're saved by grace through faith, and that makes us now want to live. For if him. you believe in the firefighter. Thank you, you for starting you your own religion. Hope, I'll talk to I'm you I'm hoping, later. man, that you're going to be trusting in, in Christ alone to save you from this day on. I, I'll be praying for you, man. I, really I believe be. in Christ. I, uh, I'll pray but for are you, too. Willing to trust you find the true orthodox for, faith. Are you willing to trust that he paid for 100% of your sins without you having to work for them to be forgiven? I believe in Christ. And I, That's uh, not what I asked. Are you but I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in the firefighter. Wow. So you don't believe in what Christ did to save you from a burning hell? Something like that. Anyways, that I'll talk to you have, later, bro. If if you don't have Jesus saving you from hell, who's gonna be? Jesus your did save me from hell, or or he's going to save me from hell. But but how, what's you know? the point of being Christian? What's the point of being Christian if if I'm not gonna live? Yeah, if all I have to do is believe, like all I have to do is believe in Jesus, and I'm 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 fine. That's not because the point of, of of Christ you, because Christ before Christ before Christ what had to happen was you had to offer a sacrifice on the altar that didn't change that didn't change but this time now was Christ was our all, sacrifice who was the once for all sacrifice offered for the sin it was Christ exactly and that's already been offered but 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 when the the sheep was offered in the Old Testament or the the Jews what did they do they confessed their sins am I wrong. Well, did they all go to the high priest and uh, confess their sins? No. The, it was to the sheep. 
With right, the lamb, it, was only, it was only the high priest who confessed some of the sins of the nation. It wasn't indiv- every individual that was like going up. Yes, the but the, the sins, sins were were confessed. The sins were transferred over to like the goat. Exactly. The goat exactly. Perfect. You did that. You gave me. You gave me the keyword transfer. Perfect. Yeah. Now you're so, a proper Christian. Who, now our who sins are, are transferred sins? onto the cross. Yeah. So do you believe okay. that Christ actually? Had now, now, what about confession? What about confessing? No, hold on. No, you have to confess for it to be transferred. You said it yourself. You have to no, confess no, no, for no, the no, sin again, to be transferred to the an land. Analogy. How, do, how do you transfer your sins to a goat? The the arch, the arch high priest used to confess, it to confess the sins of the nation, and it was transferred to the goat, and then he would offer that goat as a sacrifice. I, now, what that's what says, happens. What it simply says, they put the high priest put his hand on the goat. And transfer the sins that way. That's not what happens in a confessional. Yes. It's not. It wasn't even a confess. It was it, just. It was a he- placing your hand over the goat. But you don't even make that. And a- the priest and the priest after the confession puts their hand on the head of the person and and says the absolution where the sins are transferred. <laughs> no, because we see that Christ was the ultimate sacrifice, right? And exactly. We- we didn't even have like even think of the example of the thief on the cross next to Jesus. He didn't say Jesus. I got to confess all these sins to you that I've done. No, instead, you just simply said, Jesus, remember We believe that Christ accepted. We believe that. Remember me as you come into your kingdom, right? And what did Jesus. So he simply had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't get baptized into anything. And Jesus said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. I want yes, that to be. Now, now we believe we believe that, that Christ you. accepted the confession of the thief on the cross, that he took his confession. And that, and that when baptism, he died on the cross, no baptism, no took, good deeds. He was a criminal yes. getting crucified for his crimes, and yet he was saved by grace, completely apart from his works. And that's the only way you. He repented on the spot. He repented and confessed on the spot. Doesn't say that. That's in the Bible. not. Doesn't say that no, no, anywhere no. in the Bible. It says, no, no, said, no, "Remember no, me, no. Jesus, as you come okay. into your." Okay. So, so you're saying that? How, how can he believe in? How can he believe in Christ? So you're saying that he didn't repent. He didn't repent of his sins. Repenting he didn't means believe a change that his of sins... mind. That's all it is. Repenting is a change of mind. Metanoia, change yes, of mind. Yes, yes. So I'm asking you, not did he repent? Not confession, not praying, okay, not okay, asking not, forgiveness. Forget about confession. Forget about confession right now. So did he repent? Ask, did he change his mind to believe that Jesus Jesus was dying yes. for him? Yeah, he did believe in Christ. At that last moment, it was evidenced by the fact he said, remember me, Jesus, as you come into your kingdom. He had faith in okay, Jesus. and then and that then, works. No works, man. No works at all. And Jesus said, "Today, you're going to be with me in paradise." Yeah, we believe that that the thief on the cross confessed that Jesus Christ accepted the confession of the thief on the cross. That's what we say in our hymnology. Right. So, without any baptism, without any good works, he was saved by grace. Yes, because the, because that's that's a first of all that's a bad analogy for the reason of the fact that the the thief on the cross. Um, it's a really sorry, good analogy. I completely it's an example of the gospel. Yeah, no, no, because because this is this is right before he died. Okay, he 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 was on the spot. That's it. Right. So 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 you're saying that someone without any works, without any good deeds, can be saved completely by God's grace? No, you need you need to work to you need to work you, with I, God. Hold up, hold up. You just said this man was saved without any good deeds, right? You're, you're this is because again, he was man. dying. You're distracted again. You keep getting distracted, man. So focus on this chat. I, I'm focus literally looking chat. at I'm looking at the computer. I didn't I didn't look away. 
Uh, but you're looking at something else, and so you're not really focusing on this com conversation. So, so he. I have. I haven't. I have. I have. I have nystagmus, by the way. Just so you know, my eye will will move around. Okay, That's good. normal. But, but he was saved without any good works. And man, you need to believe that as well. That we are saved without any good works, but because Christ did all the good works on our behalf. Okay, we we had a whole conversation you. about this. We're gonna right. we're gonna go through this again. So can I encourage you, man? If you care about what the scripture says about, and hopefully you do. Read through these three chapters of the Bible, Romans 3, 4, and 5. It's what helped me understand that it is truly by God's grace, and it's not by what I do, what you do. Okay, well, read, uh, I'll go through the whole book of Romans, to, too. Are you willing uh, to read those three chapters, man, to see what Paul has to say there about I'll read the whole. I'll read the, I'll read the whole book of Romans. Yeah, but even tonight, maybe. Before you go to bed tonight, read those three chapters at least tonight. Read it maybe a few times. Okay. It, it took me, I had to read it a few times just to get a full understanding of it. But it makes a whole lot of sense once you do when Paul stresses it's not by any works, not by works, not by works, but by faith. So, man. Okay, I'll read it tomorrow. Give us some thought. My name's Ryan. What's your name, man? I, I told you, your name's at the top of the chat, and I said my name's Adam at the. Adam, awesome. Adam, I hope that you will come to trust in what Christ did alone to save you. But it's been a pleasure chatting to you, man. God bless you, dude. Again. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for that chat with Adam. Thank you that he got to hear your amazing gospel and now he is accountable for what he's got to hear. Lord, may he realize that, yeah, he actually despises your your salvation, that you would send your own son to be the one who rescues him from a burning hell. He says he doesn't want to believe that. He wants to think that he has to work his way to heaven just like a Muslim does. Lord, I do pray that you'd bring him out of the, the darkness that he's in and into your marvelous light. What an honor it was to share that message with him today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. All right, let me just refresh and see what see if my um I'll switch over and see if that fixes it as well. All right, let's get into question time. Hey Beck, do you want to mention what you were saying about the sins transferred to the person? That would be awesome if you could do that. Let us know what you were saying. Um, Becky, you there? Just you can unmute for us. There you go. Hey, Beck, you're mentioning something like so. His his analogy that are oh, like if the sins are transferred over to the goat. He said, "Okay, so he said, yeah, the 
the the priest then puts the hands on the person and like wait the whole point of the priest putting the hands on the goat was to transfer the sins onto the goat if the priest puts the hands onto the person he's transferring the sins onto the person like it didn't onto the priest himself and it's like the priest bearing the sins like that's just absurd yeah that's the fail logic of the orthodox system isn't it (laughs) ah it's just they they they're just like islam they're like what's the whole point of christianity if it's by grace it's it's a message of forgiveness uh beck what were your thoughts on that chat beck pass over to you for a sec i'll just refresh yeah i didn't i didn't get to listen to obviously all of it i could hear you from the other room though when uh or yeah when um you started it and stuff and it just yeah it just sounded like he didn't want to he just wanted to hold on to his good works and it reminded me of like a conversation i had on the weekend with um with someone who had a catholic background and oh it was it was ridiculous because we were going through the gospel and he kind of like he saw the, the he understood the whole thing about jesus taking the punishment for our sins and then just doing checking questions i was like so does doing good things have any part and he's just like yeah and i'm like but it's a gift, right? And so do we have to do things to earn a gift? And he'd go through the analogies, understanding the analogies. I even used the like concert analogy that Ryan uses. Like, are we really trusting the person if we're trying to buy the concert ticket ourselves? And he's like, no, we're not trusting them. And I'm like, so sh- so are you really trusting Jesus if you think it's your good works? And he's like, I guess not. And then I'm like, so what's going to get you to heaven? He's like, my good things and Jesus. I'm like, he just wanted to hold on to it no matter what like oh funny thing is i gave the $20 gift analogy back and and he's like oh but that would be like this that'd be like if if you were offering me the $20 but i i decided to beat you up first would you still want to give me the $20 and i'm like that's the concept of grace isn't it? We have beaten up God. Said it. We've said, I don't want you. And he still shows us his kindness anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right. So we're going to get into some questions. And let's see what you've been asking. And we're going to find out who got the throne today. <laughs> Yes, okay, let's find out who got the throne. And hopefully it's not too laggy or anything. Beck will have to let us know if it is. Okay, so the throne is who got the first question in. And now I don't sure if I'm not sure if Abraham was a contender for the throne today. Would you come third or something? We we don't have your sound. <laughs> Probably Okay, all right. Uh, let's answer some of these questions. Oh, Venus came in first. Well done, Venus. Okay, her question was this. So Beck said it's still a little bit laggy. Is that any of like rather? It just or... like it pauses every now and then. It's just like you're talking and the voice, the audio works, but you're just like. But it's okay. just every like 
10 seconds or 20 seconds. Has anyone else noticed that or is that just on Beck's? No, no, no. I checked with YouTube and they were saying the same thing. Yeah, they okay. said that. All right, cool. Well, let's answer, answer Venus's question. She says, uh, sometimes she has thoughts that if I don't do something, I'm not saved. Does that mean I'm legalistic? I'm trying to convince myself of Jesus, even though I know it's him alone. I have to remind myself of the gospel. Yeah, do that. That's why Juan, Senor Juan, keeps putting in that in the Discord, the things that edify. Remind yourself of the gospel all day, every day. Jesus saves me, not my works. Okay, Venus has asked, what's covenant theology? It's a tricky um, concept because a lot of people have different meanings of what it means, and it's not a very clear thing. Um, it's to do with... Uh, covenants and you know the Bible obviously gives talks about covenants uh, but I probably wouldn't be able to do it justice so uh, I'll just say yeah it's related to covenants and how God interacts with people through these particular covenants but it requires much more of an in-depth answer so but we'll get into other questions first or and I'll go into other questions just because that will take a bit too long to explain what that is uh, this one from Alfie I know over the course of time there has been other translations or better translations that have a, a more word-for-word -word understanding of the Bible. And due to these newer translations, has there been any changes in interpretations on certain passages in the Bible? Hmm, that's an interesting question, Alfie. Well, for example, the woman caught in adultery that has been used in the Middle Ages to say, oh, look, because look how, look what Jesus did. He doesn't condemn anyone. He even said to that girl, that woman caught in adultery, um, neither do I condemn you, sin no more. And people use it to say, see, sin no more, <laughs> as almost that is the way of salvation. When, if anything, that's just the law. That's just the law, and that's not the gospel. When we now realize that that story of the woman caught in adultery is not in the earliest manuscripts of John, and so whether that event occurred or not, we can't even know because it's not in Scripture. And so we shouldn't base any teachings or beliefs on that. But I don't really see if any, I don't think because of any updates and translations, it has changed any doctrines because usually the updates, going back to the earliest manuscripts, are on minor things, not, not really any core doctrines. This one from Cole. So why in Luke 9:56 in the KJV, it includes this phrase, for the Son of Man came not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. But in the ESV, all it has is this. I'll show it in the screen. And they went on to another village. The reason is, is because the manuscript that the KJV relied upon had this extra sentence that some scribe had inserted who wasn't writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but later on, hundreds of years after the Bible was written, he has inserted a phrase as to explaining why he didn't want the disciples to call down fire upon these Samaritan villages. But we now realize, since it's not in the earliest manuscripts, that John 9.56 just has that short little phrase and doesn't have that full sentence. Um, Isaac just quickly, quickly asked, why did Jesus say, go and sin no more? Because that's the law. The law brings the knowledge of sin. So when we say to somebody, oh, you want to go to heaven by your good deeds? All right, go for it. Try it. Try and live perfectly. Sin never, ever again. And they should realize, oh, I can't. 
Right, so let me tell you the gospel, that we're not saved by us not sinning, but by Jesus dying for our sin. Okay, next question from Colso. Does Matthew 6, 7 contradict what Jesus did? You know, Matthew 6, 7, which says, don't pray repetitive prayers, like don't heap up empty phrases, it says. But didn't Jesus pray three times in Matthew 26, is Colso's question. Yeah, he did. So Jesus is not forbidding repetitive prayers, but what he is forbidding is heaping up empty phrases. So that is just saying a whole lot of extra words because you think by saying more words, it makes your prayer more effective. It doesn't, but God still wants you to pray persistently because it shows how much you actually want that thing. This one from Isaac George. Hey, Isaac. Hey, you've been having some Amigo chats recently. I'm not sure if you have. Join, get back into the harvest. Um, is infralapsarianism or supralapsarianism biblical? They are just two different viewpoints about a topic I don't think we can really know the answer to. They're just simply in regards to when God elected people for for salvation, which the Bible is clear in talking about, what happened in God's mind first? That's really what the, that discussion between infralapsarianism and supralapsarianism is on. Did God say, I want to save a people, and therefore he ordained the fall, or did he ordain the fall and then he wanted to elect people as a result? And I would say we can't really know, and it's not even that important because if Scripture doesn't say it, we can't really know the answer to it. This one from Abraham in Hey, Abraham, you got like question eight. <laughs> in 1 Timothy 1.9, does the just refer to Christians or to false teachers who think that they are righteous? Have a quick look at what it's saying. Uh, understand this. I think he's asked about verse nine. Understand this, that the law is not laid down for the just but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, and for murderers. So when he's saying, who's the just? The just are those who don't sin, those who who realize that sin is bad and they're not seeking to do it. So the law isn't really relevant to them because they're already doing what's right. The law is given for those who break it which ultimately is all of us. We've all broken his law. So God gave it to bring that knowledge of sin. Okay, next question from Christ in me. He says, okay, I'm starting to agree with you. That's good. <laughs> so does God love everyone or does he still hate evildoers? Aren't we all evildoers? So does God love believers only or does he love everyone? If he only loves believers, then does he then he still loves those whom he forced belief on. Thus, he hates everyone, but he forces himself to love people and that the only forced to believe in him and walk with him. Okay, I understand. I think I'm getting what your question is. God has a love for everyone in the sense that he sends the rain and the sunshine on the just and the unjust. He shows common kindness. But he doesn't love everyone equally. A lot of people say, oh, God loves everyone equally. The Bible never says that. God has love for his elect, those who he brings to faith. He loves them more than those whom he doesn't. 
um, by the fact that it says in the Psalms that God laughs at the wicked, for he knows that the day is coming. God hates evildoers, Psalm 5.5. 5. Jacob I've loved, Esau I've hated. And they're two brothers. They were literally just two twins. And God said, I'm going to love one and hate the other. Now, he still showed some kindness on Esau in allowing him to exist and so on. But he had a more special love towards uh, Jacob and not to toward Esau. And God can do that. God can love different people differently because he's not loving us based on our merits. He didn't love Jacob more because he was a better person. They were both wicked people. But God chose to love those whom he wants to love. That's what the whole point of Romans 9 is. God has mercy on those whom he has mercy, and he can harden those whom he wants to harden. Now, I wouldn't use the language he forces belief on people. No, instead, I would say God changes our hearts and makes us willing to believe. So therefore, we have to choose to believe. But why did we choose to believe? Because God was working on our hearts and softened our hearts and opened them up to be willing to trust in Christ. A good example, Acts 16, verse 14, says this. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. Who opened her heart? Did she open her heart? No, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. You see God's sovereignty on full display right there. Another verse while we're at it. Acts 13.48, and when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. So however many that God appointed to eternal life among that number, they were the ones who believed, therefore implying that those whom God had not appointed to eternal life, they did not believe because they didn't want to. This one, from Christ in me. Can angels still sin after Judgment Day since they're not promised eternal life? Yeah, I think, so you're talking about the good angels, I assume, because I'd say the demons and the devil will continually be sinning against God in hell. Just like the unbelievers who go to hell, I think their punishment in hell will be getting continually worse because they're still going to have an attitude of hatred towards God, which is a sin against him. And so therefore their punishment continually continues to get worse for all eternity. Can angels still sin? So the good angels, uh, the Bible doesn't specifically say, but we'll have to find out in heaven. Potentially not, though. But as I said, the Bible doesn't specifically say. This one from Tyler. Would an error or contradiction in the Bible really matter? Wouldn't it be the fault of man rather than of God? Well, we know this. If Since the Bible is truly the word of God. It is God-breathed. It is infallible and inerrant, which means it cannot have any errors and it cannot have any contradictions in it because God is not going to make a mistake. Now, man can make a mistake in a translation, for example. No English translation is a perfect translation. They're very good, very good, very highly accurate, but always, you can always go back to the Hebrew and Greek just to confirm that it is actually what it says. And our English translations are very accurate. If you, if you do your research, you'll see that. What you'll find in, because we don't have the original manuscripts themselves of the Bible, they've been lost to history. But what we do have is manuscript copies, thousands of manuscript copies of the New Testament and many of the Old Testament as well. And so you're going to have in some of those copies, 
some copyist errors where they might have made a spelling mistake here or there in a word um, or part of the page is ripped out or maybe there's some scribe wanted to just add in a little bit of extra thing but since we have all the other copies that don't have that addition or spelling mistake we can know what the original had to say and this really shows the reliability of the bible compared to say the the quran which doesn't have that same sort of um textual basis to prove that it's true was what happened the third caliph uthman he came along and he found that there was already these so many different copies of the quran they're all different to each other and so he decides to burn all the ones that he didn't like and he kept one copy and so they've lost all the textual basis to know well how do you know the copy he picked was the right one and so islam far from it being a book that hasn't been changed it's a book that you can't even really show that it has stayed reliable as opposed to the bible which we can because of all the manuscript discoveries we have got of it this one from salty a catholic friend is telling me hebrews 6 4 to 6 is clear evidence we can lose our salvation and i would say to him he's just misinterpreting the verse if anything all that those verses would show is that it's impossible to come to faith if you could lose your salvation it's not saying you can it's giving a hypothetical scenario there he's saying if you could lose your salvation this would be the logical consequence you couldn't come back but since that's an absurd position because anyone can come to faith as long as they're still believing therefore it's proving the point you can't lose your salvation which supports the author's argument in chapter 6 verse 1 that since you can't lose that salvation you've got go on to maturity don't think you got to lay again the basics if you already got the gospel don't think you need to get resaved again and again just go on to maturity now okay uh next question from i love a blue christian man <laughs> it's funny does god only predestine my salvation or also every action i do so let's say you're a disbeliever can your wife pray that god saves you and if the prayer gets answered would that mean he predestined the prayer Every good deed that you might do, it says in Ephesians 2.10, is prepared in advance by God for you to walk in them. So yeah, you can say any good deed you do, any act of evangelism, prayer, obeying God, keeping his commandments, helping others out, they're good deeds that God ultimately prepared that you do and gave you the strength to do. So don't say to yourself, Haha, look at me, I, I did this good deed. No, you don't say that. You say, God allowed me to do this. To him be all the glory but same time god doesn't make you sin god does not make you do bad things you choose to do the sins uh, and therefore you're responsible for them which is why we need jesus this one from same user are we called to love everyone including the dead like should i love muhammad or should i hate him <laughs> okay uh, I don't think we hate anyone. The Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. As soon as they die, you don't say, well, I loved them before they were dead, but now I can hate them. No, we just we just love people. But you can't really interact with Muhammad, so you don't really have any attitude toward him, except knowing that he is a false prophet, because Jesus warned that there will be false prophets who will come, of which Muhammad would be one of them, because he disagrees with Jesus Christ a whole lot. But you don't hate Muslims. You love them. You care about them. You want them to be saved. They're not the enemy. They're in the mission field. 
So Christian, let's not be let's not be getting angry with them. Let's not be trying to insult them. Let's be respectful. You don't win friends and influence people by insulting them. You win friends and influence people by showing how much you care for them and gently guiding them to the truth. This one from Dragon. What if you ask for too much in prayer? Can it be disrespectful to God? If all you're praying for is give me this, give me this, give me this, and you're not thanking God for what he's already given you, then I think your prayers maybe are out of balance. Soak your prayers with thankfulness to him, to God. But I don't think there is too many things you could pray for. Now, I was reading this morning, quite interestingly, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses prayed to God, God, can I please just go into the promised land? Can I please go into the promised land? You know what God says? Stop talking to me about that. It surprised me. I, I didn't remember that it said it. God says, stop talking to me about that. God actually said, don't pray to me anymore about that matter, Moses. I've said no. Don't ask me anymore about it. I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. Uh, because God had said, Moses, you are not allowed to go into the promised land because of the sin that he did in striking the rock. All right, next question uh, from Jewel Pistols. Many people link the unforgivable sin with Hebrews 10.26 because of outraging the spirit of grace. Is that true? The Bible never defines the unforgivable sin as any of those passages in Hebrews or 1 John. It doesn't say that. The only mention of an unforgivable sin is first is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those three gospel records. Never is it said in Hebrews or 1 John that there's an unforgivable sin which is unbelief. No, it's seeing Jesus, seeing his miracles, and ascribing them to Satan. And so I don't think it would be right for us to apply it to just unbelief. You know why? This is why. Jesus said these people had already committed it. But didn't we all not believe in Jesus before God saved us? We rejected Jesus before he saved us. Did we do the unforgivable sin? No, obviously not. So unbelief can't be the unforgivable sin. Some people say, well, it's unbelief until death. But how come Jesus said that they had committed it while they were still alive? They hadn't died yet. So it can't be unbelief till death. It must be them seeing the miracles of Jesus and ascribing them to Satan. What Hebrews 10, 26 and others is just showing is that if you do reject Christ, of course you go to hell because you've got no sacrifice. Who's going to pay for your sin if you reject Jesus Christ? But it's not described as the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And just because it says outraging the spirit of grace, that's different to blaspheming the spirit. Ephesians says that we can grieve the spirit. Whenever we sin, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. Does that mean we're committing the, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? No. Just whenever we sin as Christians, we are still grieving God, the Holy Spirit. And that should just be another reason why we don't want to sin against him. Cryptic has asked, I live in the Middle East. Oh, good to have you here. And it's hard to preach Christianity openly. What's the best way to preach Christianity to my friends who are Muslims and of other religions? Having those private conversations can be helpful. And asking them, hey, hey, friend, I really want you to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven too. What do you think is the way to get there? And so you're just doing it as a discussion 
not as a, I'm going to tell you about everything about Christianity. Just as, what do you think you can do? He's going to say, do good deeds. You can show him, logically, I don't think that works because good deeds can't fix bad deeds. But I think there is another solution. What if someone was to bear our punishment and go into the gospel that way and see how that goes? See how that goes. Know that God's with you. Don't be anxious. Don't be scared. All that someone can do is kill your body, and, know, and that's all they can do. And so that can give you the confidence to go and share Jesus Christ, even in a difficult environment like that. Okay. Uh, let's do a couple more questions. I uh, will answer events one. How can I answer John 17, 3, which is, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Muslims like bringing this up, even Jehovah's Witnesses as well, to try and say, see, the only true God isn't Jesus. That's what they're trying to use it for. I'd say this. Do you think Moses could ever say, and this is eternal life, that they know God and that they know me. It's eternal life to know me as Moses. No, you'd be like, that's blasphemous. How could, it, how could it be eternal life to know Moses? Right. So how can it be eternal life to know Jesus Christ? Therefore, that shows Jesus Christ must be God. You see that? Whenever the Bible, or usually when the Bible says God, it's a shorthand way of saying God the Father. Shorthand way of saying God the Father. And so let's read that. And this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, the Father, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And when somebody knows that, that's how the Bible usually uses the word God. They're not going to try and use a silly, like, you're not going to try and use this verse to sillily try and say, oh, Jesus is not God. They're going to say, oh, yeah, there is only one God, the Father. But also God, the Father, sent Jesus Christ, who is God too. Where does the Bible say that Jesus is God? Romans 9.5. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all. Bless forever. Amen. And Brendan's asked, could you please explain Revelation 9.3? And it talks about these seals. And it says, don't harm the green plants until... Um, it says, don't harm the grass of the earth or any green plant, but only those who do not have the seal of God in their foreheads. Right. So this is the mark of God as opposed to the mark of the beast. If you have the mark of God and not the mark of the beast, you can't buy or sell. But if you have the mark of God and not the mark of the beast, you get the judgment that God sends. What would you prefer? Man's wrath or God's wrath? Hmm. Now, what are these marks? They're not literal marks. They're not vaccines. They're not like microchips, credit cards, or anything like that. It's a symbolic way of saying you're either trusting in Jesus to save you, you got the mark of God. You're not trusting Jesus to save you, you got the mark of the beast. It's just describing whether you have faith or don't have faith. Mises asks, who named the books of the Bible? The names we get of the books of the Bible, like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that actually comes from the Septuagint. 
The Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And so they originally they weren't really called that. That's just what the names was given to them from the translation that the people did into Greek. And they're good translation. Like Genesis, what does Genesis mean? Beginning. Talks about things about the beginning. That's a great name. Exodus. Escaping Egypt. Great name. Leviticus. Yeah, Levitical laws. Yeah, that makes sense. The rules for the Levites. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, so the names make a lot of sense. Even numbers has a lot of recounting of numbers of the tribes and the genealogies. And Deuteronomy, what Deuteronomy mean? It simply means second law. It's a second accounting of the law that God gave to the people of Israel. So the names came from later, uh, later times. So, for example, when Paul wrote Romans, he wouldn't have said Romans. It was just a letter saying to the church in Rome, and that's why we call it Romans. And Austin's asked, do you have to forgive someone if they do something really terrible, like kill one of your fam family members? Yes, you do. Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespass as we forgive those who trespass against us. God has been so kind in forgiving you of your sins. So therefore, shouldn't we be willing to forgive anyone who does anything bad against us? Yeah, we ought to. And I think that will be, yeah, that's what we ought to do. Now, that may be hard, but look to how much you've sinned against God and how much he's forgiven you and let that be the basis of your forgiveness towards others. And just a follow-up question, Ryan's asked, what does it mean that you can't buy or sell without the mark? Right now, and back in when Revelation was written, 1900 and something years ago, Christians were not allowed to buy or sell in the Roman marketplace because they were Christians, because they could not say Caesar is Lord. They said Jesus is Lord. Therefore, they were not allowed to have a stall in the marketplace. They couldn't sell, nor were they able to buy. That's what it means. Because you have your trust in Jesus and your lack of allegiance to pagan idols, that you were excluded from the marketplace. That's what it's talking about. And that's been happening for the past 2,000 years in all kinds of countries where Christians are discriminated against simply for their faith. But as I mentioned, who, what would you prefer? The wrath of man who's going to exclude you a little bit or the wrath of God that is to come, which is going to be unending? So which team would you prefer to be on? That is the comfort of the book of Revelation, getting people, Christians, to see things from the long-term perspective, to see that being on Team Jesus is far better than being on Team World, even though they're excluding you from the marketplace right now. It's time for some trivia. Are you guys ready for some trivia? Here we go. Good to see you there in the chat, Ollie and Steve Spirit. We've also got Ryan there. We've got others. Event, Ismail, Christian Man, Misa, Austin. Are you ready for some questions? All right. How many people were on Noah's Ark? Reuben. Eight. 
Yes, there were eight people on Noah's Ark. Good job. Okay. What does the rainbow symbolize? Zach. God, God's promise to not flood the earth again. You would be correct. You would be correct. Nice work. Okay. What year? This is a question related to the Bible. What year was the first printed Bible made? What year was the first printed Bible? So before this, they were all handwritten. When were they first printed? Venus. I think getting this wrong, but I think either the 1600s or the 1800s. I don't remember the exact year. All right, let's get some others to guess their answers as well. Thanks for that, Venus. Ruben, what do you think? I think when Martin Luther there was, there was like, uh, yeah, how do you say that? There were like from written things, they could copy it, right? How do you say that? All right, so you're saying probably around the 1500s, you're saying? Okay, let's see who else is going to guess. Abraham, what do you think? I'm going to guess early, like maybe like um, 600. Oh, okay. Wow, that's very early. 600s. What do you think? How many? Just like the 1400s. 1400s. All right. Now, you know who's closest? How many years? Well done. It was 1440 is when the printing press was invented. And the very first book to be printed was, of course, the Bible. That's right. 1440. And it was the Tyndale Bible. All right, next question. How many laws are there in the Old Testament? All right, Joshua. Is it 613? You would be correct. Good job, man. Good answer. <laughs> How many authors, approximately, wrote the Bible? How many human authors were there? I'm going to ask Abraham. How many authors in the Bible? Yeah, how many authors, How many people authored the Bible? Um, four, 40. Yeah, good job. And over a span of how long did it take for the Bible to be all written? Back. Over 1,600 years. Yeah, yeah around about 1,500 years or so. Good job. That's right. Okay, next question. When Peter and John went to pray, they met a lame man on the way. <laughs> what did that man ask for, and what did they do for him instead? Does anyone know the song? <laughs> Reuben? Um, they asked, like, he asked, like, uh, for money, right? And Peter said, like, I do not have gold or silver, but what I have, I gave it to you. And it was like the forgiveness of sin or healing. I don't know. I did not know. Yeah, it was that he would rise up and walk. Now, how many do you know that song? I only remember you guys singing it, but I just remember leaping and dancing. And then the... I can't do it though. All right, I'm gonna have to get back to do it for us. Go back. Oh no, I I I think you know it actually better than me. But 
Um, Peter and John came to pray. He met, they met a lame man on the way. He asked for arms and held out his palms. And this is what Peter did say. Um, silver and gold have I none. But what I give, what I have, I give unto you or something like that. Um, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he went leaping and wait, walking he went walking and leaping and praising God. Look, walking and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Yeah. Yeah, well done, Vic. That was awesome. <laughs> All right. Now, who was married to Abraham? Who was married to Abraham? Venus, what do you think? Wasn't it Sarah? Yeah, Sarah. Well, Sarah okay, I remember Romans, but I, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. I was afraid I'd get it wrong. And technically, he was also married to who else? Beck? It's, I can't, I can never remember the name probably, but it's like Cathor or something, Cathar, it starts with a K, and I think it has a TH in it. <laughs> Is that the one he married after Sarah died? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. Was that not what you were talking about? Yeah. Who, who else was he married to technically with, who was that? Was yep, yeah, Ruben? Um, how do you say that? Hagar or Hager? Nice. Like the slave, right? Yes. What was the name of the woman who hid the spies in the city of Jericho? What was the name of that woman? Carissa, do you remember? We missed what you said. Do you want to say it again? Was it rehab the prostitute? Yes, you would be correct. Well done. And what was the sign that she had to do to know that her house should be spared? What did she have to do to let everyone know this is where she lived, that she wouldn't be destroyed? Abraham. So like the rope that the soldiers came out of, like it would be in a window or something like that. Yeah, scarlet thread. So bright red thread hanging out the window of the of her house was a sign don't destroy the the woman who's in this house yeah nice work nice work okay wow it's good to see everyone's here that's good should we do maybe we'll just do like three bonus questions okay only three bonus questions <laughs> All right, Paul, what do you got for us? Um, so my question was, um, which garden did Jesus pray in before he was arrested? Keep it easy. Dink, 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 dink. Zach, what do you think? Did you say the question one more time? I feel like I know the answer. I said, what was the name of the garden that Jesus prayed in before he was crucified? Yes, I mean, the seven. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, Gethsemane, nice work. Okay, let's go to Joshua. Can you ask us a question? 
So the longest book in the Bible by word count is Jeremiah, but what is the second longest book in the Bible by word count? Isaac. Is it Psalms? No, no. Psalms is actually third. Carissa. Sorry, Carissa. Is it Luke? No. Ryan. My guess will be Isaiah. Also no. Oh. It's a tough one, actually. Yeah, Paul. Or Abraham. I was gonna say Isaiah as well. Um Ruben. <laughs> I guess Job. No. Zach. Exodus? <laughs> no, not Exodus. Uh, Venus. Acts? I don't know. Um, Ryan. Is it Genesis? It is Genesis. That is the second uh, longest book in the Bible by word count. And then it's Psalms. Interesting. Wow, you stumped us all, Joshua. That was great, man. <laughs> Yeah, so 50 chapters in Genesis, but it's a, they're long chapters, aren't they? That's very true. Okay, and we'll do one more question. Let's ask Abraham. What's your question? Oh, I didn't have a question. Um, uh, how old was Moses when he died? Venus. Wasn't he like 600 or something? Uh, no, I don't think so. He's like, it's like a lot lower. Four hundred. A lot lower, like a, like a lot, like uh, <laughs> um, Zach. Um, one hundred fifty. Oh man, <laughs> like a close. It's actually pretty close. Um, but Paul. One twenty. Yes, nice. A good way of remembering it. He was 40 years growing up in Egypt before he went out to Midian. And then at 80, so another 40 years out in the desert then, he came back and then he said, let my people go. And then he was 40 years wandering in the desert. And so that's 40 plus 40 plus 40 equals 120. That's a good way of remembering it. Good job, Steve and Ian and Misa getting that in the chat. Okay, let's do the song of the week. Okay, we are going to get the song of the week started. And let's do a recap just quickly on some of the songs we've been doing recently. So we're going to get Carissa to do maybe Ephesians 2, 8, 9. That would be good, Carissa, if you could do that. Uh, we'll get Abraham, John 3.16. <laughs> uh, we will get Beck on the Five Solar song. Uh, Galatians 2.20, Harmony. Um, I'll do uh, the First John 4.10. Paul, do you think you can do Ephesians 1.13? All right, good. Let's do that, and then we'll do the new song after that. Okay. Let's go in that order. Go for it. Carissa. 
Okay. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Abraham went missing. I'll go and then maybe he can pick up. Oh, no. Oh. Here he is. <laughs> okay. Um, for God so loved the world. <laughs> I forgot the tune. I should. Um, go Abraham. How's the tune go again? For God so loved the world. For God so <laughs> so um loved the world. That he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3. Nice. Alright, um, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. All for the glory of God alone, found in the scripture alone. This is the five solar song. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life and I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 Okay, First John 4.10 In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to bear the wrath for our sin. First John 4 verse 10 Sorry guys, just rehearsing. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, Until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14. Come and train everybody. Nice work, everyone. That was so good. Love those. Hopefully, you guys were singing along. Zach and Isaac and others. <laughs> Good. Now, Beck, can you showcase this week's song for us? All right. Some 1611. Yes, that is it. Um, yeah. You make known to me the path of life in your presence. 
there is fullness of joy at your right hand of pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611. Sounds great, Beck. Sounds really good. Is the tune sticking in your head, everyone? Hopefully it is. Let's get a few people to play it as well. I'll put it on the screen so that you guys can memorize the words. It's not too long, which is helpful, so that it should get into your words, into your head. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand of pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16, 11. Harmony, your turn. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16, 11. Sounding good, sounding good. Carissa, you want to try it out for us? Yeah. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16:11. Sounding good, Carissa. So good. All right, Abraham. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 611. That's really hard to say. Forevermore. Nice work again there, Abraham. Good job, man. Paul? Okay. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16, Nice work. Good job. Okay. Now, Beck, do you want to do it a couple, do it again so we can get it really solid in our head? Um, that would be awesome. Okay. You make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand. Too loud with the ukulele. Okay. You want me to go again? Okay. <laughs> like, no one's saying anything. Okay. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and your right hand of pleasures forevermore. 
Well done. Well done. Okay. So let's ask a question about this. Zach has got a question for us. Would you want to ask it, Zach? Yeah. <clears throat> so there it says, uh, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And it says that Jesus is at the right hand of God. So is that what that means? I don't think it means it's talking about Jesus. Because yes, Jesus is at the right hand of, of God. But it's that we get to be with God. Right? And if you're with God, so to speak, you're at his right hand, there's just pleasure there. Oftentimes people think pleasure is away from God. They think God's stopping me from having pleasure, stopping me from having my fun. When if you think about it, who was the one who made pleasure in the first place? Who made things enjoyable? God did. So God's not there to stop you having pleasure or enjoyment. He's just saying, don't do it in the wrong way. There's a right way to get it. And at with God and at his right hand will be pleasure forevermore. Yeah. Abraham. I've also got a question. Um, it says, you make known to me the path of life. Is that not, that's not talking about like eternal life, but is that just talking about like something different? Yeah. What are your thoughts, Harmony? What do you think that would be? The path of life. Just like where we are currently, like we live in a world that's temporary and we'll never be content, but we know we have everything we need in God because he's eternal. And um, yeah, we, we don't just like, I think of in Matthew where Jesus is talking about like not being anxious for anything. Um, we can, we, we know that, yeah, God is our provider and he's every, yeah, just everything we need. Yeah. I think you can have it two in different, two different ways. You can see it. The way to life is Jesus Christ. So God's made known to us that path of life is by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. But then you can also see it of the way that God wants us to live now. He, God has made known to us that as well. And that way is better compared to the way of death and the way of Satan. Beck. It reminds me of like Adam and Eve in the garden. Like they had the presence of God. They had all his, you know, goodness there and his good ways. Um and like being there, they would have had life, like in him, not just being in his presence, but also having that like communion with him. They would have then lived the, their fullness of life by having that communion with God and, and living the way he, his good ways kind of thing. And sin makes us to like go off track, <laughs> but with God, and his good ways, he actually puts us on the path of what is truly living. Oh, that just reminds me. We have this, like, um, this place here called, like, um, it's called BCF, which is, like, boating, camping, fishing. And they're, like, their slogan is, is like, 
this is living or something. This is like, it's the same. It's just like, this is what like the verse is basically saying. This is living. What is truly of God, with God and what he has. This is living, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they would show like on their ads, like someone like spending their weekend playing video games. And then they're like, that's not living. This is living. And they got someone like fishing or something. <laughs> And, you, and we could be like, that's not even living. You know, living for Christ, that's living. <laughs> a good analogy maybe is something like this. Your mum might tell you, hey, you can't have candy right before dinner. You're like, but candy's so good. You just want to stuff your face with it. But your mum says no. Why is she saying no? Is it because she wants you not to have something which is good for you? No, it's because it's actually going to be bad for you. And it's going to wreck something more beautiful coming, and that is the lovely dinner that she's preparing. And so when we say, God, I want to do this sin now, instead of saying, wait, we're, we're kind of wrecking what he's got in store for us, and doing things our own way never satisfies anyway. When you have all that sugar, it makes you feel sick, doesn't it, right? And so when we have all those, do all those sins and say, I want it now, I want to do my sins now, it really makes us feel horrible and we can't enjoy what God has in store for us as much. So think about that and know that God is not there to ruin your fun, but he knows the best way of living life and his way will be better. Now, Carissa reckons that candy pineapple is her favorite. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Any other analogies you might think was any ways of explaining that to people who think, no, but sin is fun now. Any any other suggestions? Paul. I sometimes say to people, look, would you rather have 30 seconds of pleasure here to let go of an eternity of pleasure when you die? I like it. That's a good one. Would you like a cup of poison? It might taste nice, but it's going to kill you in half an hour. Uh, and you're like, no, I would rather say no to that. Say no to the cup of poison. Even if it tastes nice, I not, don't want to die in 30, in 30 minutes' time. And so why do we want to say yes to sin, which we know is poisoning us and doing bad things for us? Do it for us, and it ruins relationships. It depresses you. And so that's why we can say no to sin and say yes to God, knowing that we don't go to heaven because we say no to sin, but because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Okay, Harmony, can you sing us another song, the Psalm 1611 song, and then we'll pray. Yeah. Make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611. I will sit it backwards. Nice work, Harmony. That was awesome. It's time for us to pray and we'll get into some chats. So I'm going to ask 
Maybe Zach, could you pray for us, man? Yeah, I can. I can. Um, Father, I thank you for providing us with another day. I thank you for providing us with the means to be able to gather here and tell people your good news. Um, I pray that you provide us with people who want to hear the good news and are receptive of it. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Zach. If you guys agree with this prayer, make sure you say amen. We're going to get into some conversations. Let's go. Okay, 36,000 people on. God is good. Let's go. Oh, it's Harmony's favorite flowers. Hey there. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, man. Hey, you. Uh, do you believe in God yourself? Yeah, I'm Muslim, though. Oh, cool. Yeah, I believe in God as well, man. That's awesome. So can I ask you, do you think that you'll go to heaven? Um, in Islam, we the only person who will decide that is God himself. We can never know. This knowledge is with God. We try our best. We're always on our toes. We try our best, right? And uh, we always ask Allah to you know, keep us on the straight path till we you know, make it to heaven, inshallah ta'ala. So. Okay. Yeah, that would be pretty terrifying in some ways because not sure exactly what he will decide, right? Yeah, I mean, dunya is not a place of, uh, like this world is not a place of, you know, uh, we will only rest when we enter him. You know, like there was a companion of the Prophet. The Prophet told them, Muhammad told them, you are promised him. I don't know if you know about them, the 10 who were promised heaven in Islam. Those were his closest companions. But even then he said, I can never relax till I make it to heaven, till both of my feet are in heaven. Even then, even when, when he knew. So, wow, okay. So this is why I think it's good that God's given us his laws so we can know how does he want us to live, so we can see what he's going to judge us yeah. on. But at the same time, looking at those laws will make us realize how far we fall short of them, right? Okay. So, like, I'll give you an example. Have you ever told a lie before? Yeah. Me too. I've told lies. Have you ever used bad language? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even this one. Like, ever been angry or rude to somebody? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so if God was to judge you based on all those things, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? I mean, it's kind of different in Islam. In Islam, we always forgive you. And there is, on the judgment day, there is a... There is a scale of how many good deeds and bad deeds. So if your scale is heavier on the good deeds, then you are safe. You know what I mean? If your scale is heavier on the bad deeds, then you are not so safe. You yeah. see, so it's it's different than Christianity. But would you agree that God is a just God? Like He acts in a just way. He is, of course, just, and He's also. Okay. Uh, Right, so his mercy, we believe in Islam, his mercy encompasses all things. So uh, uh, if the difference is that he doesn't need any any like sacrifice to forgive. Once you just simply admit that you've done wrong and, and, and seek forgiveness, he will forgive you. Nothing, nothing stands in the way is what we believe. Okay. So, but he's going to act always in a just way, though, right? He's not going to somehow be unjust. Every, some days of the week he's unjust or something, right? Because 
what I was thinking is no, no, I understand, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and what justice means is he doesn't let people get away with they've done. If they've broken the law, they get what they deserve for the wrongdoing they've done. So if let's say a judge, some days of the week he punishes criminals, other days of the week he lets them go free without any punishment. Is that a good judge or a bad judge? Um, we we don't uh, make like so in Islam. We we don't say this is the we don't compare like this no, is the comparing. human no, judge. I'm, asking, to, I'm just asking. To, you know, a, I'm just asking you about an earthly judge. Would that be a good judge who does that? Would that be a bad judge? If he doesn't abide by the commands of God, then he's a bad. Well, not even that. He's just not even abiding by the commands of justice. Like, he's not being just if he says, all right, I'm going to let some criminals go free some days of the week arbitrarily. Like, that's not justice. Even if those criminals somehow did more good deeds compared to crimes, justice would still mean they'd get punished, right? But don't you... But but even in Christianity, you believe once you believe Jesus died for your sins, even if you've done the most heinous things, God still forgives. Well, that's why, yeah, because justice needed to be satisfied. Like so, not so. By, so not by God just ignoring what we've done wrong, but by having someone bear the punishment we deserve. Yeah, so yeah. It satisfies justice so that we can be led into heaven. Yeah, that right. it's still it's still just forgiving you, you know. It no, yeah, it's so not. it's like in it's it's, not. So you believe even if. Forgiving would like if if he just ignored what I did, and just didn't punish anyone or anything, then that would be that would be unjust. But like if you had a ten thousand dollars speeding fine, right? We don't say. But then I decided to pay all ten thousand dollars for you as a gift. How much is left for you to pay? Uh, nothing. Right. Yeah, and that satisfied justice so that you're free of the fine. And so in the same way. If someone is to take a hundred percent of the hell punishment that you deserve, how much punishment is left for you? Yeah, but that's not. But see, this is not just that God would make someone else take the punishment that I deserve. Well, can God Himself can could do that if He wanted to, right? If God Himself could say, "Look, I'm going to do the yeah, most okay. loving thing ever, and I'm going to bear your punishment in your place, pay your fine," just like in that speeding fine example, right? That's love. Yeah. Right, so but I, I wait, but I'm glad you admitted that he can do what he wants, right? So if God That's just wants just. to simply forgive you, if, wait, if you if God just wants to simply forgive you to seek forgiveness, if you seek forgiveness and he simply forgives you, he forgives you. I mean, if you wrong me, difference? for example, right now, do you see the difference? But you see, if, look, if you wrong me right now, right, and I t and then you apologize, I tell you, no problem, I'll forgive you, just take my son and kill him. How am I just, you know? But you see the difference, though, is that God's not just saying, oh, I'm going to ignore what you've done. The punishment's still it's taken. Not... The the fine is still paid for, just like this, that $10,000 fine that you owed. It, the government yeah. doesn't just ignore that you, that you owe that. But as long as it's paid, they're satisfied. Fine's paid for, you're free to go. But, but my problem is why punish an innocent? That's still unjust. Why? Yeah. Why would God choose to do the most loving thing ever, and say, "Look, I'm willing to be punished on your behalf," because I think God is most loving, and that's why He's willing to do the most incredibly loving thing, and die for His own creation. Yeah, but my my problem is the Father, he he needed a blood sacrifice in in the, in the Bible. 
to to forgive the sins. So Jesus need to he needs to bear these sins and he dies for them. But how is that just? That's not just. It is. Like I Jesus, gave you, I gave you the example. I gave you the example. If you had the ten thousand dollars speeding fine, I paid the ten thousand dollars on your behalf. I'm acting as your substitute. I'm representing you, paying your fine. That satisfies that is, the fine, so you're free this, to be go. And that's how that God describes. Not, our punishment. He describes it as like a fine, as a fine that we owe. But since we can't pay that fine, that's why we have to go to hell forever. But Jesus could but pay this, the fine by his death on the cross. Wait, wait, but this is this is not just a fine. This is about anything. So um, yeah. someone who murders, someone who rapes, they get different. Who, they uh, get different fines. So the more sins you do, the increased fine it is, increased punishment that you deserve. Yeah, but, uh, but, that's, but Jesus takes that all if I believe, right? So if, yeah, if I'm, this someone... This is why this is good news right, for you, man. This is some good news for you. No, this is, not, this is not good news. This is shows this is the problem, right? It shows that this is also unjust. Not, it's not Jesus, unjust. Jesus. I gave you the example because Jesus. the fine is paid for so that you can be shown mercy. If if he's just if God's ignoring what I do and no punishment's been Doesn't taken, do. then that's unjust because that's just ignoring what I've done. It's you don't you don't you don't try to uh, solve a problem with a bigger problem. This no, is, this a is problem. not a bigger problem. See, this is this is the solution to our sin problem. This is not so creating a problem. But but this is still an, there's an innocent being being punished because of did someone I, else. Did I have to pay your ten thousand dollar fine, or did I choose yeah, to do not, that? It's not just ten thousand. It this is, is all other things. That's how God describes it's the punishment of hell. He describes. He describes someone, the punishment for sin as a fine. Can I ask a question? If someone murders someone, right? They deserve to be locked up, right? But can can someone come under, to under the judge? Under today's under today's society, you're talking about? Wait, of course. Yeah. You talking about? I'm talking so about. I'm going, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to go with your example. Right? Yeah, but, so but it's described it as a fine. That's why. That's why a death penalty or jail time is not relevant to God because God is not described as jail time. It is described as a fine. Wait, tell me, tell me if this is, uh, tell me if this is, uh, if this is a just judge. So a judge, he, he, there's a murderer, but the murderer says, you know, uh, my friend wants to go instead of me to prison. He's the one who's going to take my time. And the judge says, sure, get your friend and you're free to go. That's literally what's happening in Christianity. What we have is a difference, though. It's a fine that we deserve for our sins, that Jesus could pay the fine in our place. That's what it's described as a fine. No, he's being, he's being punished. He's not paying fine. He's being yeah, yeah, punished. Yeah, but the fine, the, the way that he paid the fine, just like from how I got, how I paid your $10,000, is that it required a lot of work for me to raise up all that money. I understand. To pay that I know, ten thousand, right? So that's it. Cost Jesus a lot to pay the fine for our sin. It cost I, him his own I life. Could he do that? Could he choose? You. Could he choose to do that? Wait. Of course, he can choose to do that. Wait, wait, wait. just because you choose to do something. One second, you keep bringing the fine exactly. Because pay that's, the fine. Ex that's exactly just... how God describes the punishment: <laughs> is a fine, not as a jail time, yeah, not that... as anything but as a fine that we deserve. But that's not but that's wrong. But that's wrong because it's more than just paying a fine. He's literally being punished. That's how he was, he was he was crucified. He was flogged. Yeah, he was I agree. you know what I mean this is yeah this is not just paying some money. This is you literally going through pain and yeah. violence and everything. Because that right. was so the way the fine was paid. That was the way the fine that's was paid. That's that's to me that's unjust. It's not though because Very unjust. because has God ignored 
even if he wanted to even if he wanted to god is the most just he would say no jesus you shouldn't be doing that that's wrong but if but if god wants to show what if god wants to do the most sacrificial thing for his own creation it doesn't surprise me that god would do this that god would say look i love my creation that much that i'm not going to just compromise my standard by ignoring what they did but i'm going to be willing to be punished in their place that's god showing love do you think god would that's, be able to do that for you man do you think he would show that kindness this, this is, uh, okay i have another problem you no, but hold up, but always do you think god would be kind enough to be able to do that for yeah, you my friend let me, let, let me let me but you didn't answer my question is that a, it's a yes or no do you think god would be kind enough to do that yes or no kind enough that no i would never think that god is unjust enough to do something like no no no. hold up you think god's unjust because he ignores your sins by just you praying and doing no, that's, that's 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 unjust that's not just look 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 and you I, keep saying ignores he doesn't ignore, right well, who, pay, saying, who pays no, for what you've done wrong who pays for what you've done wrong you know, once you ask see see you always you want someone to be punished that's the problem well, did see, you break god's you need law someone? did you break god's okay, law okay did I seek forgiveness? But doesn't matter if you did. Wow, you he's God's the most law. forgiving. What is the punishment? The what is the punishment for breaking God's law? Uh, depends on which law. So is it hell? Is hell the punishment for breaking can I, God's can law? I ask the question, do, you, do you guys have uh, in Christianity laws and regulations in the Bible or just believe in God and that's it? Yeah, there's laws. But the punishment for breaking any of God's laws is hell. If you break God's laws, you deserve to go to hell right and so therefore no, and so therefore different. if you've broken god's laws what do you deserve for your sins my friend that's see this is different in islam what you're trying you to you're trying what to make you me deserve? if you wait, break the government wait, 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 laws, what do you deserve punishment wait. right no no see now you, now you well i i also made you keep bringing these examples of the modern society i also made an example of modern society and how i showed you it's unjust to uh, to make someone else uh go to prison but, for but, but, him but, not murdering no we've answered we've answered that one already but i'm asking it so what was what, the punishment, what was your answer the punishment i answered that before if you missed it we can go back to it later on but but uh but if you've broken god's laws you deserve god's punishment correct no this is different this is not christian theology so, i'm a muslim so, so, this this is so, so you're saying that Wait. someone who breaks god's laws doesn't deserve punishment from god if he seeks forgiveness, no. No, but hold on. I'm saying for breaking the law. I'm not talking about seeking forgiveness. I'm saying well, for law? breaking the which law. law? Which well, law? Which, whichever which laws law? that God say. When God says you don't have sex before uh, marriage, you don't murder, you don't lie, you don't steal, you don't do any other the sins that he tells us that we shouldn't do. Is there a punishment sure, that you deserve for that? Are you talking about the, in this life or the afterlife? Well, I'm saying hell. Who goes to hell? Uh, those who, who do not seek forgiveness or repent so why do you not need, believe why would you not pray i understand but why would you need forgiveness if you don't deserve punishment no you deserve it before ah, you seek forgiveness okay here we go okay so you agree with me there we go so you agree that for our sins themselves we deserve punishment correct which is I, unless you seek forgiveness so but, but i'm saying so you don't, don't but but, but don't I, understand, I understand but one step at a time don't one step at a time out. One step at a time. But you're saying if you don't have forgiveness, you deserve to go to hell, correct? Yeah, if you do. If God okay. did not forgive you, you go to hellfire. Right. So so you and I, for our sins, deserve hellfire. And that's why we need forgiveness, in which we both agree that we need forgiveness. How so but, but this can, is the this is the difference. 
between Christianity and Islam. You need a forgiveness by a blood sacrifice. I would say justice needs to be satisfied so that I can be forgiven. Otherwise, it's unjust. Yeah, I, yeah. And I believe. Can you give and me, I believe. Can I can I ask? Yeah. Can you give me a good logical reason why God would be able to forgive you just because you've asked for forgiveness or because you've done more good things than bad things? Can you give me a good logical because reason the, why that would be the case? Because he's the because he's the most merciful. Nothing nothing stops him from just simply forgiving. But mercy nothing and stops justice. Mercy and justice it's usually don't necessarily go hand in hand right in but that's but that's not but that's not just to to make someone else pay the fine is not also just no, no, hold up again again let's don't go into that let's focus on this for a moment and then we can talk about that later but so is there a good logical reason why he should just forgive you at the expense of justice because he's the most merciful okay but then if if you're claiming he's the most merciful then you're not claiming he's always just but this is justice that he forgive you because you seek forgiveness. How is that That's justice? justice. How's that? Because ju you still didn't because get what you deserve for your crime. It's, it's because I seek forgiveness. Why does seeking forgiveness? So that's why I think from a God's made us as logical beings, so we can think about logically. Don't just look at it from your religious text, but look at it from logic. No, no, I know. I look at it from my religious text. I understand. I understand. But, just, but, but, but that's. But if if we believe something because our, our text says something, even if it's completely false that's a blind faith that's not a reasonable faith we should believe something so, that's based on truth not just based on what we want to believe do you understand but if you're but if the, the trinity logically doesn't make so, sense though well there's nothing illogical about that but let's not go into that I for can, the moment I let's can, not go for that for now so, so because you're saying it has to be logical but even your, so your would you say would you say that your religion is not logical no it's logical Okay, well, let's look at it from a logical perspective then. More logical. So, more logical. So, if no. it's a logical religion, try that. Let's say that works in a court of law where we understand what justice is. The criminal's like, hey, look, I did do the crime and murdered the person, but I seek forgiveness from you, judge. So, don't send me to prison. Just let me free out into society. Now, is there um, a good logical reason for the judge to say, okay, you're just no. free to go? Or is it more no. logical that the criminal gets punished? Now, Islamic, Islamic-wise, so if you did murder somebody in this in this world, you are supposed to be to, uh, be punished in this world. If you seek forgiveness from God, He will forgive. But in this world, the punishment still needs to happen. Okay. In this world. So, so you're saying that? World. So you're saying there's not a good logical reason for the judge to just say, "Oh, you're free to go." There's no logical reason for that, even though he sought in this forgiveness. World. In this sure. world. But notice, he sought forgiveness. But because yeah. justice needs to be upheld, if the judge said, I'm a most merciful judge, I'm going to let but you the go judge free. Is not the, the judge is not God. The judge abides by the commandments. We're looking at this from a logical perspective. We're looking from a logical perspective. And we understand what justice is. A good judge punishes criminals, right? And so, therefore, that's why there's no logical reason for that good judge to let the criminal go free, even though he sought forgiveness from the judge. And so God... Who's also most just? There's no logical reason. That's different. For me, there's no logical reason for me to think, no, no, as a logical that, person, that's, that's, that's that asking for forgiveness, or seeking forgiveness, is going to get me forgiveness just because I seek it. Think about logically, Wait, that's, remember. That's different. No, 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 no. But that's when it comes to God, it's different. Not he's not just a judge in a court in this world. God is way more above that. You What's see what the I'm difference? saying? When What's it comes, the that's why His mercy. His mercy okay. is the but so God is that in, the, in, in Islam. 
in Islam. Yeah, no, don't compare the human no, mercy no, no, but with our, God's the, mercy. What, the concept of mercy comes from God. The concept of justice comes from God, correct? Correct. And so therefore, if a judge in a court of law says, I'm really merciful, so I'm going to let all the criminals go free with no punishment. Now, he is being really merciful. You have to be honest. That is mercy. Not, He's letting all the criminals walk yeah, free. Do not is equate he being this just? with God. But wait, wait. Do not equate this with God's mercy. Because, in Islam, because, because the, the human being, he has to abide by the commands of God in this world, right? So a judge, he cannot just put himself in the shoes of God and say, I'm not going to forgive everybody. Because that's not him. That's not for so, him to decide. So you're, saying, so you're saying it's wrong for a judge to be merciful. Because it would go against justice, right? It goes against no, no, no. no. It goes against it go God's against, commands. Does it go against justice? God's commands. But is it unjust for if the God, judge? Tomorrow, I can ask you a question. If God tomorrow said He commanded you or commanded all judges of the world to just simply forgive all murderers and everyone, they would do it because that's a command from God. Doesn't matter. That would be unjust. No, 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 no. That's God unjust. Can, In fact, that that kind of. Like, that kind of thing leads people to do immoral actions where they think, oh, My God, friend, but God asked me to kill someone, they kill them. That's not, that's not a good thing. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand. Just like if you read in the Old Testament, there's a lot of things that you would you think see, is unjust. But, do you see Do you but, see why Islam doesn't stand up to see, logical logical? No, 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 no. Of course it stands up. See, this is the problem. Give me a you, God, you good logical reason. I'm still waiting. Give me a logical reason I'm, why I'm trying to, God I'm is going to. I'm trying to show you. I'm trying to show you. You're not listening to me, man. Like, no offense, How is it not I'm, unjust I'm, if God just lets someone you. go free? Tell me. I'm, I'm trying to show you right now, bro. Like, there's, these are things in the Old Testament, right? Where they seem unjust, right? No. Just like uh, killing, the, like in Numbers 31, when Moses commands them to kill boys, for example. That's unjust. But no. God did not condemn them, right? No, that's, that, again, that's not unjust. Because, again, if you're going on a different topic here. You're going on a different topic. I'm not focusing I'm on. I'm, I'm asking you the commands. Give me a logical reason why it would be right for God to show mercy at the expense of justice by letting people go free just because they sought forgiveness. It's not an, it's not an expense of justice. The, well, God is almost merciful. Then how is just, justice satisfied? See, when I'm telling you about God, okay. there's a difference between God. Wait, there's a, wait, there's a difference between God and a judge in a court. What's the difference? That God's mercy. And the way he judges is different than the judge in this in, in this world. Why? Because the God, because the, the human being, he only judges by what God commands him to judge. No, that is not. When it, yeah, when, no. when there's a court no. in, the, in the court in my city, they're not saying, what does God want me to do here? No. They, yeah, this, they this judge. Is the this no, no, this is, is the right this... thing. Because if they judge no, this... according to no, no. what what God they believed in or something like that, then they could judge, un they they could judge, they could judge unjustly. And so wait, instead, instead, no, instead, they don't follow. Wait, 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 so, wait, so, wait, so, wait, so don't interrupt, don't interrupt, don't interrupt. So instead, thankfully, judges act and they're supposed to judge in a just way, not an unjust way. Right? Uh, no, let me continue. Uh, and now, so you're, that you're is, judging. And that's why I said, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing my, that you, I'm noticing you don't really want to because I because you're not letting me speak here, man. What my encouragement I, I'm, I'm, is, I listen to you, but I, you don't seem to want to listen. You you seem like I have, you just I have want listened, to say. I have listened to what you've had to say, but sir, you've not provided a single logical reason why because you you're not listening. that your God acts in a just way. Give me a you're logical not reason. You're not. You keep repeating the same. But you're not listening to me, are you? You haven't given me one reason. You are. 
No offense, bro. I've listened. You aren't listening. Give me, give me one no, logical reason. You said I'm God kidding, is I'm different. Kidding. You said God's different, but why is he different? Why is he different? Is don't you believe God is uh, above all? But no, but why would a why would God judge differently to a human? Because, because see, this is the difference Islamically. The judge where I'm in Islam, he judges by God's. I know in Christianity, you guys don't really have a legislation. You guys have secular legislation. You're like if I tell you what is the punishment for I don't know in in the Bible for murder or something. Do you have a punishment for murder in the Bible? Not not for us today. Like ultimately there was for the jewish people but not in not for us in the old Testament. yeah exactly so, so you don't have a legislation this is my world is very different from your world but you're I trying understand. to you're trying and, to make and you're that's trying why, to make what, me that's why because because i think you're coming to this from your religious perspective rather than from you are coming from your religion but so, so no i'm coming from a from a the way that god made us is with a sense of no. justice and so that's, that's why we it. understand that's why we understand that it's wrong for a judge in a court of law to let a criminal go free without the punishment yeah, due to him. You just want to say what you want to say. That's what it is. That's all it because, is. Because I want to share with what well, I'm wanting to share the truth with you. But unfortunately, as you said at the beginning, you're not sure if you're 100 percent going to heaven when you die, which is a scary, just, very scary situation to be in. You, I just told right? you even the story of, of one of the companions who knew he was going and he was still and they not weren't even relax. sure. Exactly. But can I tell you? Yeah. I can tell you, I can tell you, I, I can tell you with confidence, man. I know that I'm going to heaven 100% certain. And the reason why is because it's not, it's not based on what I do. It's not based on what I do, man. It's based on what God has done for me. And so my encouragement, sir, is to please humble yourself and think about this. I got to go. I got to go. But can I just encourage you to humble yourself and to trust in what Jesus has done? What I'm going to encourage you to do, we're doing a YouTube live right now, man. And so this conversation has been on there. And I, I think everyone's seeing that you haven't presented a good reason for why you think your religion's true. My encouragement is for you to go and read through the Gospel of John to see what it has to say before it's too late. Thanks for the chat, man. It's been a pleasure. Do check out the YouTube, needgod.net. Uh, thanks for the chat, man. Notice that. They basically arbitrarily think, oh, but God can do whatever he wants in acting an unjust way. That's okay. You know, and just it reminds me of the book of in the book of Proverbs, it says this. The wicked do not understand justice, but the righteous understand it completely. That's literally what it is. They don't understand what justice is. They think, oh, God can just show mercy at the expense of justice. That's still justice, though. That's the opposite of it. Justice is those that, that if there's a wrongdoing that's happened, the wrongdoing is punished. You don't have that in Islam. And sadly, this man was not humble enough to want to see that and embrace the good news. So all we can do is pray for him because that's what he needs. Heavenly Father, we do pray for this Muslim man. May you save him. May you bring him out of the deception of Islam. May he realize that Islam doesn't provide him with any sort of hope of heaven. Even as he said, he's not even sure about where he's going. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd soften his heart. Bring him in to see the beauty of the gospel. And may you save him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's hit the encouragement button.
Amen. All right. God is good. No chat is in vain because he got to hear the gospel today. And God will make sure that he's held responsible for that. May God save him. May God save him indeed. All right. Let's jump into another one. Let's see who else God has for us to reach today. Let's go. Hey there. Hi, how are you? Very good. Hey, it says we both like church. Do you like the church? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. You're a Christian yourself? I am. Me yes, too. I am. Yeah. So can I ask you, do you think that you'll go to heaven? Yes. Yeah, nice. And why do you think God will let you into heaven? Uh, because I do my best to follow Jesus, you know? Yeah, like you follow his commands, live his way, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. At the same time, we, we all do, do our best. We do sin, though, don't we? We do. Yeah. But you repent, repent, ask for forgiveness. Okay. You'll be forgiven. All right. Because you know? would you say that for our sins, we deserve like hell for our sins that we've done? If you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, um, you ask for forgiveness, you repent, you do your best not to. Uh, re-sin the same sin, no, I don't I don't think he'll go to hell for those sins, no. Okay, because just like even in a court of law, if a criminal breaks the law, right, he says, I'm not going right. to do it again, gets caught by the police, says, I'm sorry, he still gets punished for the crime he's already done, though, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so, because justice would need to be satisfied for what he's done wrong. And that would be the yes. same with God, right? It's good for us to say sorry. It's good for us not to sin again. But that wouldn't clear our past sins, though, would it? Well, there's a there's a way. Yes, it would. You think it would because clear our of past the blood sins? of Jesus? Yeah, well, that's why. We will be yeah. So not so not because we ask for forgiveness and not because we stop doing the sin, but because Jesus died for our sin. That's why we can get our absolutely given, right? Yeah. Yes. So, so if Jesus takes a hundred percent of your punishment that you deserve, how much punishment is left for you to get? If he takes a hundred percent of my punishment, yeah, then I would take none. Correct. So then, if you don't have to go to hell anymore, then where would you get to go to? Heaven. Right. So, why do you get to go to heaven? Because of Jesus. Right, exactly. Because not... Jesus died for our sins by the blood of Jesus, we are healed by his stripes. Yeah, and that's different to then because we live his way or because we follow his rules. Because that would be mm -hmm. to trust in ourselves to get to heaven rather than trusting in what Jesus did to get us to heaven. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah, yes, we, it does. We're, we're saved by faith, so trusting in what he's done. So, yes. so what if you trust in that today? But, but then let's say you do five more sins tomorrow. And then you died. Would you go to heaven or hell? Oh goodness! Do you, if you fully, truly believe that you are right with God, that you are right with Jesus, you fully believe that you're going to go to heaven. I believe that you know you would. Yeah, because those. You know, you, you, uh, yep, those five sins. sins. What about what happened to those mm -hmm. five sins you did tomorrow, though? Were they paid for by Jesus? Yes. Yeah, that's why you still Absolutely. get to go to heaven, right? So not because you've lived mm -hmm. good enough, but because he still paid for those sins too, if you're still trusting in him. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But what yes. if someone doesn't trust that Jesus paid for their sin? Where would they end up? 
help. Yeah, absolutely. And and so then if yep. you were to stand before God today and he was to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say to him? Jesus already paid for my sins. Yes, exactly right. Good answer. Good answer. So out of 100, yeah. how sure are you right now that you'll go to heaven when you die? 100. Yeah, we can be 100% sure because it's not based on our living good but because of him. No, absolutely. So, absolutely. And so our does, faith with him. Yeah, so does doing good things have any part in getting you into heaven? Um, Somewhat, but yeah. Because God wants us to, and to to live in that way, Jesus live in live in the way that Jesus has wants us to live. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. that it'll help some. Yeah. So, were we going to heaven though because of what we did for God, or because of what He did for us? Because what He did for us. Right. So then, if we, so then, would our good actions play any part in getting us into heaven? Yes, because, I mean, you have to ask for forgiveness, you okay. know, so that's that's that good part. But so as you, far as, like, doing good deeds in, like, the community, you know, right. uh, just that alone is not going to get us in heaven, no. Right. You said we have to ask for forgiveness. So you're saying if someone trusts in Jesus that Jesus died for their sin, but let's say they haven't asked forgiveness, mm -hmm. would you say they wouldn't go to heaven mm -hmm. then? If they, if they knowingly do these sins okay uh they knew that they were wrong and they did it anyway if you don't ask for forgiveness for those sins i believe they're not going to get into heaven okay because remember we weren't going to heaven though because of what we did for god we're going to heaven because of what he did for us right oh i know mm -hmm. and so it wasn't our asking asking then played no part in actually getting us into heaven Right, never, never actually says in the Bible we have to ask for forgiveness. It says we're saved by faith in what Jesus did. You know, John three sixteen. Whoever mm -hmm. believes in Him will not believes perish. In him yeah, for have everlasting life. life. So it's not whoever mm -hmm. asks for forgiveness; it's whoever believes mm -hmm. in what Christ has done for mm -hmm. them. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? It does. It so does. then, and so since since asking for forgiveness is a good deed that God does, you know, it's a good thing God wants us to do. Yes. But we're not saved by our good deeds. So then would asking for forgiveness play any part in getting you into heaven? I still believe so because you are, I mean, because you, your sins are washed away through Jesus. Right, you know? by faith, it's just by like, trusting in him, not by, by asking, mm -hmm. right? Because what Accepting if you, him, accepting options. Yeah. Yeah, trusting he died for you. So yeah. then if you sin again tomorrow and you don't ask for forgiveness for that sin, where do you go? If you're not saved. No, I'm saying you are. If, if you're, you're trusting in Jesus, you are trusting in Jesus, but you do some sins tomorrow <laughs> and you don't ask for forgiveness for them. Where do you go? Like willingly, like willingly sin, like do it yeah. on purpose. Let's say you willingly chose to lie or something like that, yeah. Well, even after, no, I'd still, I'd say you would still go to heaven. Right. Yeah. Even though you didn't yeah. ask for forgiveness then, notice that? No, but in the beginning, yeah. I mean, you have to ask for forgiveness for, okay, when you, whenever you first, you know, start following Jesus, you first get your life on track, you accept him, you know, you start doing your best to live his way, um, 
that's when, you know, you ask for forgiveness of your sins. Now, someone who doesn't believe or doesn't know who he is, who has sinned, doesn't know right from wrong. Well, they know right from wrong, but they don't know Jesus. You know, they're not, they, you know, you have to ask forgiveness for those sins. And then of course the, the other sins. And so, and you're saying, do you but, also have to live like a, the way Jesus wants you to live to go to heaven? Hmm. No, I'm not. Well, I, I feel, I feel it's, it's very good too. Yeah, we should. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be. I, yeah, and I think that's the same thing with asking those... forgiveness though. Like Sorry, ask, I just got off of work and I'm exhausted. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So like asking for forgiveness. These are deep conversations. It's good. It's um, good. Yeah. But no. Because um, I think it's the same thing with asking forgiveness. Do I feel is a good, is a good thing to sorry, do. Sorry, I plug in my phone. Yeah. So once you're ready. Okay. Say that again. Yeah. So asking forgiveness is a good thing to do, just like living a holy life and trying to avoid sinful things, praying, going to church. These are great things. Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you... Hey. Can, can you hear? Can you hear me? No, I can't hear you. Oh, I must have cut out. You're frozen. Oh, it's frozen. Yes. Okay. Who check? Who check? Oh, yeah, well, it's nice to meet you. Fortunately, awesome. Awesome. Unfortunately, her phone, like, maybe she got a call or something and that just maybe froze the chat. That's okay. But, wow, she was wanting to hold on to um, asking forgiveness, like, adamantly, didn't she? And that's the thing is that so that is so widespread. Why would asking forgiveness get your sins forgiven? Try that in a court of law. Judge, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me doesn't work that's the problem with islam why do people bring it into christianity makes no sense why they bring in the false idea of islam into christianity thinking oh asking forgiveness is what saves me the whole message of christianity is that god's justice must be satisfied it's by a substitute someone dying in your place the lord jesus christ all right let's pray for a heavenly father do pray for that lady i do pray that she will realize that it's not her asking, it's not her living the right way or being obedient, but it's what Christ did alone that saves. Lord, may she understand that and uh, believe the truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hopefully uh, someone else will reconnect to her and finish off the message. Wanting to trust in asking for forgiveness is what I know I wrote down there. Awesome. Okay. Praise be to God.
<laughs> Nicholas says, if you want forgiveness so bad, trust in the sacrifice of Jesus. Yes, exactly. Trust in the sacrifice of Jesus, not in what you do. Because what we do is like filthy rags. Even your best prayer is, does not commend yourself to God. It's got to be what he does for us. All right, well, probably not enough time to jump in another chat for myself, so I might do a couple questions, and then we'll get some other conversations up before the TikTok Live. We've got a Kahoot game, remember, lined up for a bit later on in today's stream too, and a full time, full question time later. All right, let's see if there's any questions to answer. Uh, there was a question earlier on from Sylvester, about what are those verses in the Bible when it talks about, like, you know, keep the commandments. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments or sin no more, those sort of things. Does that imply that we have to do those things to go to heaven? Although those verses that we call law verses, that is giving us the standard of how to get to heaven if it wasn't based on Christ. If it was... Based on your keeping the law, yeah, this is the standard. Keep all the commandments. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Have you done it? Even if you did do it perfectly from now on, it, it doesn't fix your past sins. So what those law verses do, they don't give you the condition of how to go to heaven um, with Christ. But if you don't have Christ, this will be the way to heaven, which you haven't being able to be perfect, which is why you'd need Jesus, who's done, who's met all those conditions on your behalf, being perfect, kept the commandments, never sinned, all those sort of things, showing him he's what you need to get you to heaven. This one from MM, does God have a free will? Yes, he'd have the freest will of anyone. He can do, uh, he can determine what he chooses to do, and yet, at the same time, he will not be compromising his own character. He will always be acting in a just way, not in an unjust way. He'll never lie, it says in the Bible. It's impossible for God to lie. So God will only act in accordance with his own good and nature. Cool. Awesome, Jen. Good to have you here. Uh, welcome, Jen. Uh, this one from Tomb. Why do some people... Why can some people see angels or demons, and why can some people not see him, see them? Well, there were people in the Bible who did see angels. Like, for example, Mary saw the angel Gabriel because he appeared in a human form. Whenever angels appeared to someone, they appeared as a human, a human male. They didn't just usually appear like as a ghost floating around. And so when people today claim they've seen angels or demons, I usually wouldn't put trust that they have actually seen them. Because usually they're seeing shadows or something like that. But that's not usually how angels appear to someone in the Bible. And why don't angels appear? Because God's given us something more clear than an angel speaking to us. That is his written word according to the Bible. This one from Nicholas. As a Christian, can I have a, he said a misogynist type of character? Well, we don't hate anyone. Obviously, we love everyone. We love our neighbor as ourselves, so we shouldn't be showing disrespect. We should be showing perfect courtesy to everyone. And at the same time, having proper boundaries, though, between in terms of your relationships with others. So you don't just, 
if you're married, you don't just go and flirt with other women or other men and get into inappropriate relationships with them. They can be your friends, but you don't um, commit adultery or get into inappropriate relationships with them. Instead, you, you keep proper boundaries, but you don't show disrespect or hatred towards any person. This one from AP, what does James 2.24 mean if we get to heaven through faith in Christ alone? This is what it means. Many people misunderstand James 2 just because they don't read it in context. Let's read out the verse. It says, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And so many Roman Catholics and Orthodox people take this out of context without bothering to read the entire chapter. You don't do that with the Bible. You don't just read a verse. You want to read the context to see what it's talking about. And as you do, you'll see that James is talking about how to show to other people that you have faith. You show to other people that your faith is real is by your actions. True faith is evidenced by good works. It doesn't say that good works get you into heaven. And so what James 2 here, 20, verse 24, is saying, therefore, that a person is justified by works. Um, and what does it mean by justified here? Before whom? Who do you justify before in this context? Well, it's before people, not before God. So how you can know whether your friend, Joe Bloggs across the street, has faith is not whether he just says that he has faith, but his actions. If he claims to have faith, but then he's just doing whatever he wants, being the most horrible person ever, that's a, you've got fair enough reason to think his faith is not real. He has a dead faith. But on the other hand, on the other hand, if Joe Bloggs across the street is living a Christ-like life, he's seeking to obey God. His actions have justified him before you, your neighbor. So you can say, yeah, I have actually good reason to think he does have faith. To notice the justification there is not before God, but before others. As opposed to, say, in Ephesians 2, Romans 4, when it talks about justification there, that's not talking about before others. That's talking about before God. How was Abraham made righteous before God? By faith and by faith alone not by obedience, not by good works. Good works are just an evidence of faith. All right, there's a question from MM. Does God have the ability to do something evil? No, I, mentioned, I answered that earlier. God can only do things that are within his character and within his nature and things that are logically possible for him to do. So God cannot be evil, he cannot be unjust, and he can never lie. Because omnipotence doesn't mean being able to do logically impossible things. Omnipotence means being able to do everything that is logically possible to do. And it's illogical for an all-good God to do evil. Uh, Reckons asks, how do we know who the Antichrist is and how do you get the mark of the beast? The mark of the beast, I think, is simply a symbolic way of saying you don't trust in Jesus to pay for your sin, as opposed to the mark of God, which is just a symbolic way of saying you do trust in Jesus to pay for your sin. So not literal marks, just describing whether you have faith or whether you don't have faith. Who's the Antichrist? Well, 1 John chapter 2 says there's been many Antichrists who have come. And 1 Thessalonians 4 does seem to... First, 2 Thessalonians 2 talks about there will be a man of lawlessness to come. How do we know who he is? Well, he's going to be destroyed by Jesus at his second coming. So I think we're only going to know exactly who that man of lawlessness is once Jesus comes and destroys him. Uh, Gustavo's asked, is Muhammad a prophet of God? Not at all, because he says opposite things 
to what Jesus had to say. And Jesus, we know, is God. You know, interesting fact. Did you know the Quran itself says that Muhammad was a sinner? That Muhammad needed forgiveness of his sins? So even just compare that. Compare Muhammad to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has no sins. Jesus Christ is perfect. Muhammad has sins he needed forgiveness of. That's literally what the Quran teaches in Surah 48, verses 1 and 2. So who would you want to follow? A sinner or someone who's perfect? Pretty clear who we should follow. Um, Nicholas said, are there going to be rewards in heaven for our actions? Yes, there will be. So our good deeds don't get us to heaven, but there will be rewards in heaven for the good deeds that we do. And you see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14. It talks about our works going to be tested by fire. So God's going to see the quality of the works. And if the work that you've done, the good deeds for the Lord, if it survives that the testing to see if it was actually a good deed, you will receive a reward. Yeah. Wow, lots of good questions. All right, we're going to do more questions soon. Let's get some more chats up now, though. So let's see who the Lord allows the team to reach. Okay, look who we have here. Now, I'm wondering if Joshua, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Yeah, yes, nice. Yeah. Awesome, man. Would you would you be happy to share like a chat or two on stream for us? It's up to you, but uh, yeah, I can I can share one. Yeah. Awesome. That would be cool, man. That'd be great. So you'll need to reshare your screen now with the share audio button checked. Yeah, I'll do that in just a moment. Cool. Awesome. So make sure you get this is Joshua's first time sharing conversation for you guys on stream. So if you guys can like encourage him, cheer him on as he does this. Josh is a fellow Aussie. You might recognize the accent, the Australian accent. He lives in Brisbane with us, which is awesome. So over to you, Josh. And so, yeah, share your screen with this share audio button. Yep. No problem. Just grab this. All right. Hopefully, hopefully everyone can hear me okay. All right. May God save this next person. All right. Father God, please be with me. Give me the right guidance. And hopefully I can say the right words. And all glory be to you. Amen. God is good all the time. All right, just wanted to make sure that everyone can hear me. Sweet, no problem. All right. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Yeah, mate, what do you think happens after we die? I honestly don't know. Don't know. Do you believe in uh, Do you believe in God? Yeah. You do. Uh, do you believe in heaven and hell? Yeah. So, where do you think that you will go after you die? No clue. Depends how I live the rest of my life. Depends on how you live. Do you think that you're a good person? 
I feel like I'm a pretty good guy. All right, that's okay. Um, let me ask you this then. Have you ever told a lie before? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, have you ever used bad language before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, have you ever stolen something before, even as like a small child? Have I what? Have you ever stolen something before? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can agree that we've all done these things, myself included, and pretty much everybody that's ever lived. Would you, would you agree? Oh, mm -hmm. everyone that's alive today, I should say. So if God was to judge us based on these things that we've done, would we be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Yeah. And if we're guilty, do we deserve a reward or a punishment? Punishment. And does that sound like heaven or hell? Hell. Yeah. And that's right. So that's, that's the bad news is that we're all pretty much deserving of hell. Um, so we don't, and since that's a place we don't want to go, how do you think we can avoid going to hell? Repent. Repent. So you mean asking for forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Right. But that doesn't actually work if we were judged by a perfect God. Uh, sorry, if we were judged by God as a perfect judge. Excuse my, excuse my words. Um, it's fine. So you can think of it this way. If you were caught speeding and then you were given a speeding fine and then you appeared before the judge in your court day and then you said, judge, you know, please forgive me. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to. I really feel bad about it. Is the judge going to get rid of your speeding fine? No, no, it's not. So, you know, you can try asking for forgiveness, but the fact is you still committed those sins and you're going to be judged on those sins. So what you need is somebody to pay that speeding fine for you. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. So if there was someone kind enough, let's say the speeding fine was a thousand dollars. If they paid all of your speeding fine, how much would be left for you to pay? None. None. So if somebody took 100% of your health punishment, how much would be left for you to pay? None. None, that's right. So if, that means if someone took your health punishment for you, all of it, where do you get to go when you die? Heaven. Heaven, that's right. And that's, that's amazing news. And so did you know that that's what Jesus died? Um, that's what Jesus did for you all those years ago, is that he died on the cross. Mm. And if you trust that he took all of your punishment then there would be nothing left for you to pay. So if Jesus took all yeah. of your punishment, where do you get to go when you die? Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. And, you know, he offers it, he offers this to us as a free gift. So do you have to do anything good to get a free gift? Mm -mm. No, you don't, because it wouldn't be a gift then by its nature. People give you a gift um, basically out of their own kindness. Does that make sense? Yeah, sweet man. So let me ask you this then. If you were trusting that Jesus paid for all of your sins and then you committed five more sins tomorrow, where do you get to go when you die? Ask, ask it again. Oh, sorry. If you trust that Jesus paid for all of your sins and then you commit five more tomorrow, where do you die? Oh, sorry. Where do you get to go when you die? Evan. Evan, that's right. Because he paid for all of our sins, future, present and past. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's awesome. So just um, right. 
or since you don't know when you're going to die, when do you think you should start trusting in Jesus? Right now. Right now. Because we don't know when we're going to die. So can you remind me again, what's the reason that you get to go to heaven? God took away all of us. He died on the cross for us, for our sins. Yeah, that's right. So without pointing to ourselves and saying that it's anything to do with us, you know, he paid for our sins it, and our works to do nothing for him. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we want to avoid pointing to ourselves and say it has anything to do with us. Um, because if we point to ourselves, then it doesn't really work that way. So I, I got another one for you. This is a tricky one. If a friend said to you, I get to go to heaven because I'm trusting in Jesus and also because I'm baptized. Or if they say to you, I get to go to heaven because I'm trusting in Jesus and because I do good things. Where do they go when they die? Heaven. Heaven. But are they trusting only in Jesus or are they also trusting what they're doing? Trusting what they're doing too. That's right. And so for that reason, they're actually not going to heaven. They're going to hell because they're not putting all of their trust in Jesus. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right, so we can't be pointing to rules or actions. Um, so between 1% and 100%, how sure are you that you're going to heaven? 100. 100. Can you tell me why you're 100% sure? Because as long as I stay Christian and repent after every sin I'm, or every night, and pray and get up, get baptized. Or like, repent, be baptized for your sins. Do you actually know what the word repent means, by the way? Uh, I don't know the actual definition. So repent, it just means change of mind. It doesn't mean asking for forgiveness. Now, if we think that we're getting to heaven because we're asking for forgiveness and because of baptism, are we putting all of our trust in Jesus or are we putting trust in what we're doing? Trust in what we're doing. That's right. And similar to the question I asked before, if we're not putting 100% trust in Jesus, where do, where do we go when we die? Hell. That's right. So does someone need to ask for forgiveness to go to heaven then? Yes. But based on what I've just told you, asking for forgiveness would be a work done by us, right? Oh. Oh well. Father God, I pray that you be with that man. Um, hopefully, he will search the scriptures further to put only his trust in you. Okay. I think I might be good to have another chat, so I just go on to another one as well. God save this next person. Hey, can I ask you a question? 
Hey, I've got a question for you. No, you Shut don't. Shut the fuck up. No, you don't. Hey, try not to swear, man. Um, what do you think happens after we die? After we die? Oh, bro, you recording this? After we die. Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. Oh, what mean, do you think uh, happens we after? Probably, we probably get re- oh, look, I think we get reincarnated probably, right? And Here, listen, hear me down. out, though. Hear me out. Down. Down. But there's no evidence for reincarnation, though, is there? Dude, no, I ain't even worried about no evidence, bro. I ain't hearing it. Word the up, only but... evidence of reincarnation is the Bible. Oh, well, wouldn't you... Don't they you think that it'd be ridiculous way. to believe in something with that evidence, though? Yeah. He boarded. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me ask you this, then. Do you believe in God, mate? Do I believe in God? Yeah. Um... I'm spiritual. Hey, I'm gonna beat your ass. Nigga, you when you do shit, you fucking tell, bro. Oh my god. Hey, you, you reckon you could try and stay focused? That's right. Sometimes we've got to be a bit more harsh with them. But they have to be paying attention. Otherwise, it's it's not going to go anywhere. Penis? Yeah, do you think they'll do anything? Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. 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 What do you think happens after we die? You die. Um. But what happens after? Well, if you're I don't know. I think... um, honestly, I've laid in bed for hours on end thinking about it. Me how too. we're just sitting in the ground for life. Do you believe in God? And no, then, like your soul. Where does your soul go? I don't know, but physically, I, you're sitting in. You're I believe ground. that. Well, I'm Catholic, so I believe that you either go to heaven or hell. But at the same time, like. I don't believe it. I'm Catholic, I but also, I don't believe in hell. I also feel like... Otherwise, you're going to hell. It's not true. Right. So you both believe in God then, right? Yeah. yeah, but I also believe in reincarnation. But I don't know how that would work if you're in hell. Well, that doesn't even line up with what the Catholics believe. But if... Yeah. So we agree God exists, which means that after death, there would be a heaven and hell. Because you would have to judge I don't think I don't really believe in, that there's a hell, though. I Only because like, then I, I would feel like so would many there. people would be in hell. Yeah, because it's every little thing you do wrong. That's right. But so the thing is, well, God says that you said it is perfection. The two commandments, though. Like I feel like Catholic churches have added so many things to it just to like. Then I've been just literally to it. going to hell since I was could practically talk to my parents. Well, let me ask I you this like then: there's... Have you have you guys ever told a lie before? Oh yeah, all yeah. the time. You've used bad language before. Oh, all yeah. the time. Yeah, same. I've done these things. And since God's standard is perfection, if he were to judge us based oh. Hey, yo. Hey, man, can I ask you? Hey, can I ask you a question? Bro, I need to. Oh, my God. Why my throat just start burning? Hey, what do you think happens after we die? I don't know, man. Either we, either we believe in happens. Either we spectate or it's just black. Yeah. Do you believe in God? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Do you believe in heaven and hell? Yes. Yeah. 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 And so, where do you think that you'll go after you die, heaven or hell? I have the rest of my life ahead of me, so I'll have to wait for that judgment. I, I would hope heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me why you think you'll be going to heaven then? Well, we didn't say we didn't say like we was. We didn't say we're sure. We said we hope. I don't know. That's really. Well, you know, there actually there is a way that you can be sure that you're going to heaven. You know that? How? 
Well, I'll get to that. I'll go through these first, these questions first, because then it won't make sense otherwise. Um, do you think that you're a good person? I, I, in a way, I, I in a way, so. yeah. yeah. Have you ever told a lie before? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, same here. I have as well. You ever stolen something before, even as like a little boy? Yeah. What? Stolen anything that like even as a little boy? No, I've I never have. stolen. Anything. Have you ever used bad language before? Yeah, very much. Oh yeah, same here. Fuck. And you know, since if, if God's standard is perfection, if He based if He judged us based on these things, would we deserve a reward or a punishment? Ah, definitely punishment, bro. Yeah, He judges us on those. Yeah, because we would be guilty, it's, right, of committing these things. Yeah, guilty of committing, but the weight of each different thing is different. Well, remember, God's standard is perfection. He says, Jesus says, be perfect as my father is perfect. And if we deserve punishment, as you guys said, does that sound like heaven or hell? But he made a perfect being like Lucifer, and Lucifer went to hell because he wasn't perfect, even though he was. Well, Lucifer... Right, okay. Lucifer is actually not in the Bible. That was just... That was just an old translation. But I think if you're referring to Satan, he actually rebelled against God. But to stay on topic, does, does it sound like based on the things that you've committed, you deserve heaven or hell? No. Because if I was judged based on the things I've done, I would deserve hell. And I think you would agree that's the same with you guys, is right? As well, right? Yeah. 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 So in that case, how do you think that we can get rid of all of our hell punishment so that we can go to heaven? Uh, I mean, it'll never go away. Maybe if you do so, if you do good, and then just outweigh the bad, maybe that can happen. But once you've done it, it really just stays there. Yeah, well, a lot of people believe that, and that's what a lot of the other religions believe. But that actually doesn't work when you're looking at justice, because you can look at it this way: imagine, imagine that you're speeding and you got a speeding fine, and then you say to the judge, "But I do so many other good things as well. You know, I give to charity. I donate my time. I'm very nice to everyone." Does that get rid of your speeding fine? Nope. No, it doesn't. Communities. No, but in the case of the speeding fine, that it still has to be paid. So if someone were to pay 100% of your speeding fine, how much would be left for you to pay? Uh, wait, what do you say? If someone were to pay 100% of your speeding fine, how much would be left for you to pay? Here we go. I don't think Ryan's back yet, so I'll just continue until he gets back. God, may you save this next person. Hey, I've got a question for you.
Hello? Hey, I've got a question for you. What's good, man? Yeah, what do you think happens after we die? After we die? Yeah. I mean, you would go to hell for... Uh, yeah. I mean, you gotta ask dead people, I think. I mean, I don't know. So you believe in heaven and hell, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so do I. So where do you think that you'll go after you die? Uh, yeah, all, all of us are going to hell, bro. Yeah, Not probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think that you're I mean, you're probably going to stroke the devil's dick, but like... Do you, do you think that you're a good person? Yes, I do. Yeah. Have you ever Why thought... you the fuck you lying? <laughs> hey, what happened, sir? Yeah. Well, have you ever what told happened, a lie sir? before? What? Have you ever told a lie before? Hell told yeah. A lie? Yeah. yeah, many times. Yeah, I have as well. Um, And have you ever stolen something? Even when you were younger? No. Yes. Yes. No. Yeah, okay. And I was going to ask you if you've ever used bad language, but you've already done that, so there's no need to ask. No the fuck I haven't. Why the fuck are you on? <laughs> so would you agree that if, if God was to judge you based on these things, would you be found innocent or guilty? Guilty. Or guilty as hell. Yeah. And does that sound like you deserve a reward or a punishment? A punishment. Punishment. And does that punishment sound like heaven or hell? Hell. All of the above. Yeah. So if we were judged on those things, because I've done these things as well, I'm not here to judge you, but we would be deserving of hell. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. So how do you think then we could get rid of this hell punishment before we die? What do you say? How do you think you can get rid of this hell punishment? By by being very nice to people. By doing treating more, people with respect. By doing good things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this then. Um, if you committed five crimes today and then you said to the police, but I, I do ten good things tomorrow, does that get rid of for the five get rid of the five crimes that you paid for? Or that you've done something? No. Yes. You guys are idiots. Well, it doesn't get rid of it in the justice system. Same thing with the speeding fund. Um if what do you say? It's the same thing with like a speeding fine, right? Where if if you have a thousand dollar speeding fine and then you say to the judge, but but I do good things as well. That doesn't pay for your speeding fine, does it? No. Yeah, no. It doesn't. Um, so what you need is for someone to pay for that speeding fine for you so that there's none left for you to pay. So. Yeah. So like Jesus? Yeah, basically. So that's what Jesus did for you guys is that he, <laughs> if you were to hey, trust that he paid for 100% of your sins, then there'd be no hell punishment left for you in the same way. That do you work in a church? No, I don't. You should. Well, like I attend one, but I'm just someone that loves to read the Bible. So, but well, thank you. Well, but, thank you for telling us. Well, yeah, continue on. I appreciate that. But if you had no more hell punishment, then where do you think you would go after you die? So no, hold on. So if I don't, if I don't have hell punishments, then I'll go to heaven, right? Yeah, that's right. So if someone takes a hundred percent of the punishment that you deserve, um, because you deserve to go to hell, then you get to go to heaven, because there's no more hell punishment left for you to pay. So that, that's exactly what Jesus has done. If you trust that He pays for a hundred percent of your sins, as He did when He died on the cross and then rose three days later, there'd be no more sins mm -hmm. left for you to pay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I didn't hear what you said. 
Well, I said if you trust that Jesus died for your sins, then he takes all of your punishment for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if I asked you right now, then, why do you get to go to heaven? What would your answer be? Because Jesus died for us. Yep. I'm smart. Well, that's the only answer that you need to give. Uh, is that just Jesus died for my sins and without pointing to yourself as well? Because he gives it to us as a free gift. Do you think that you have to do anything good to receive a free gift? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> but, but, it's, it's confusing, I guess. But if someone gives you a gift, if they say, here, here's $20, but I'd like you to wash my car, is that a free gift or are they asking for something in return? Yeah, so something for return? Yeah, that's right. So you don't have to do anything good to receive a free gift in the same way that Jesus offers this to you as a free gift. You don't have to accept it. You can still say no, and not everyone will accept Jesus. But if you accept his free gift, then he takes all of your health punishment for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, and so I've just got a question for you then. If you're trusting... What's good, man? If you're trusting in Jesus today, and then you go and commit five, ten more sins tomorrow, where do you go when you don't? Wait, what did you say out of here? If you're trusting in Jesus today, and then you go and commit five more sins tomorrow, <laughs> where do you go when you die? Oh. If only they hung around. That's unlucky. But Man, we pray that... Uh, God convicts them. We pray that God convicts them and that he can um, change their hearts, turn them around. Remember, no chat is in vain. So, hopefully, something can get worked. Something can get worked through with that. At the very least, they heard that it's just Jesus and not themselves. God may save this next person. Hey, can I ask you a question? Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what do you think happens after we die? Um, I think you go before the Lord and Savior for judgment, and you'll either go to heaven or hell. Yeah, I believe that as well. I believe in heaven and hell. And where do you think that you'll go after you die? I, I want to believe heaven, but with all honesty, <laughs> I'm probably not following the right path that I should. No, no. I'm see, not see. reading the Bible like I used to, going to church like I used to. Same. But I am a believer. I have I have given my life to Jesus Christ. Yep. Well, just, but I don't. Jesus, God is gonna look go like go back into like, I, I everything me and I have done together. I should practice what I preach more. I'll say that. 
Yeah, look, those are good. He's going to go back and look what me and him have done, and he's going to be like, yeah, no, y'all got a reserve spot down up in hell. Those are good things, but if you're not sure that you're going to heaven, then you're probably not going to heaven then because you're putting your trust in something else. So let me ask you this then. Do you guys think that... Do you think that you're a good person? Yeah, I think I'm a good person. I do bad things, but it doesn't make me a bad person. Not what? necessarily bad things, just stupid things. Yeah, stupid things. Have you ever told a lie before? Uh, yes. Yeah, me too. Have you ever used bad language before? Yes. And you, you've probably stolen something before, right? As a little boy? Uh, that... No. Yep. No, well, sir. I've, I've done those things as well. And, you know, God's standard is perfection. Jesus says, be perfect. as my father is perfect. So if God were to judge us based on those things, do we deserve, would we be found innocent or guilty? Uh, most definitely guilty. Does that mean we deserve a reward or a punishment? Well, we definitely don't deserve a reward. So we deserve punishment. Does that sound like heaven or hell? Sounds like sounds like hell. Yeah. And, you know, that's just the bad news because, you know, frankly put, we all deserve to go to hell, which you just realized as well. So yes. in order to get to heaven, we need to find some way to remove all the hell punishment that we deserve. So how do you think that we can do that? How can we remove all the hell punishment? Um, I don't know. Tell me. Well, by trusting that Jesus paid for a hundred percent of your hell punishment, because it's in the same way, if, if you were, if you were caught speeding and then you had a speeding fine, of a thousand dollars you can't get rid of it by your own doings you can't just say oh i'm a good person to the judge you know because that doesn't pay for your speeding fine does it no it does not but if someone else was to pay for your speeding fine for you then in that case it would be paid for in full and there'd be none left for you to pay does that make sense yes yeah right so if you are putting that your trust in jesus and only jesus then he is taking 100% of the hell punishment for you, then how much left would be for you to pay? None. That's right. So then if you die and you have no more hell punishment, where do you get to go when you die? Heaven. Yeah, awesome. And if someone said to you, why do you get to go to heaven? What would your answer be? Because Jesus paid for 100% of my hell punishment. Because Jesus died on the cross for all our sins. That's right. And that's the only answer you'd ever have to give. Um, and I can imagine that God would probably say, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. Welcome to the kingdom. So it's awesome that you're believing that. But let me just ask you this then. If you're trusting today that Jesus died for your sins and then you go and commit some more sins tomorrow, where do you get to go when you die? To heaven. Yeah, because because he paid for all of our sins, right? Past, present and future. Yes. And then where does a person go if they don't trust in Jesus? They go down to hell. Or heaven, or heaven actually, to be honest. Hmm. If they don't believe. Yeah, that's right. There's are, there are believers that won't go to heaven because they are non-believers as well. But also some believers, some non-believers also will go to heaven because they do still have a faith in a, in a God. They won't believe in our God, but they have a belief in a God. Well, remember, I just said, if you're not trusting in Jesus, you go to hell, right? Yes. Yeah. And 
some people they might put their faith in other things in which case you know they're not putting 100 percent of their trust in jesus then are they they're not yeah right so since you don't want to go to hell yourself when do you think it would be a good time to start trusting that jesus paid for your sins right now yeah because we don't know when we're going to die right right exactly yeah. so just tell me again what's the reason that you'll get to go to heaven because jesus died for our sins 100 yeah. percent of our sins good that's amazing and actually i've got a tricky question for you as well so if you asked your friend the exact same question i just asked you and they said i believe because jesus died for my sins and because i'm a good person where do you think they'll go when they die? I think they'll go to heaven. Really? But are they putting 100% of their trust? Well, no, because they're, yeah, they're not putting 100%. They're putting some in their self. That's right. So they're, they're pointing to themselves, aren't they? Yes. Yes. And we and we can't do that because our good works are like filthy rags um, to the Lord. Um, they, don't, they don't pay for our punishment. Right. So out of zero to a hundred percent how sure are you that you'll go to heaven then a hundred percent i fully believe that yeah jesus died for my sins yeah because he paid for a hundred percent of your sins and that's yes. the right answer that's awesome does someone need to ask for forgiveness to go to heaven um i guess i guess not because it's all yeah it's all forgiven yeah that's amazing do they have to be a good person to go to heaven no no that's right so why then as christians do we do good things you're really making me think about this i don't know yeah well they do questions and they're good ones to know so yeah why why do you think because christians are generally pretty good people if they're if they're true believers so why is it then do you think that we're good people if they have nothing to do with us going to heaven Because it's because the Bible says to live up to like you're supposed to live up to like God, which is perfection. Well, we do um, we do try yeah. to, but we never really hit that standard, yes. do we? Because you know, no, I, I sin will. every I sin every day. Everyone sins every day. So, but yes. the reason the reason we try to do these good things is because we want to be thankful to Jesus because of what He's done for us. And when you think about it, he's taking all of our punishment for us. So we want to say thank you to him. And the analogy I like to give to people here is imagine a fireman saved you from a burning building, right? Yes. And then afterwards you want to, you know, how what would your attitude be towards him? I'd be very thankful. You would. You wouldn't want to go punching him in the face. You would say, you know, thank you so much, Mr. Fireman. You know, I'll give you a hug, I'll, I'll wash your car, I'll, you know, you'll be very nice to him. Did you have yeah. to do those good things to get saved from the building? No. No. You do it no. as a result of him saving you. And it's the same with Jesus, right? Because he's done the most amazing thing by taking our punishment for us. We want to say thank you to him. Not as a way of us getting to heaven. Does that make sense? Yes. Sweet. So let me ask you this then. Um, do you guys have a Bible? Uh, I do. You did. When was the last time you read from your Bible? Uh, it's it's been a while, probably a month or two. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, do you eat food every day? Yes. Yeah. 
because if we didn't eat food every day, we wouldn't be very strong. And it's the same with your spiritual faith. So it's great that you have a Bible. I would say try to make a habit of reading from it. Um, and I, I put a saying there in the chats, no Bible, no breakfast, no read, no feed. You gotta so, feed your spirit, man. Exactly. In the same way that if you don't eat every day, you wouldn't be very physically strong. If you don't read your Bible every day, you probably wouldn't be as spiritually strong. So try to read a bit of it. And you said you haven't read it in a bit. If you don't know a good starting point, I'd say probably start in John in the New Testament. Okay. Just just read through a bit of that. It, even if it's just like a couple of verses or a chapter, it's a good idea to just go through some of that just to... Um. You know, encourage you and keep you spiritually strong, right? All right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, oh, do you guys go to church as well? Yes. Yes. Sweet. What kind of church is it? Uh, I go to City Hope Church. Oh yeah. What what denomination is that one? What? What denomination is it? Um. So like, you know, how there's different types of churches. Yeah, uh, I know there's different types, but I don't know them. I don't know, like, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. It's it's not too important, but as long as the teaching there is you're saved by, you know, grace through faith alone and not through anything that you're doing, not through your own works. Um, so as long as they're teaching that, then all the other issues um, are secondary. Right? Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. sir, it does. Awesome. Yeah. If you ask most of your friends and family, why do you think you'll go to heaven. What do you think they'll say to you? Um, probably because they're, they're good people. But as we've just gone through, that doesn't get them to heaven, does it? No, it does not. So what do you think we should do with our friends and family that believe that? Um, help educate them, set them on the right path. I'm going to let Josh finish off that chat you can mute the tab and i'm going to say hello to everyone who's here today on the TikTok live stream i mean not we just had TikTok live stream but we're here on the youtube stream welcome those who did come over from TikTok, and i'm going to give creds to whoever got here first from the TikTok stream that we just did and we are going to get into your questions in just a moment too now the key word today was literally questions that was the key word and that's why you're seeing all the people type questions in the chat the person who got it first was actually Eunice. Well done, Eunice. You came in first. Mr. Uh, Coronel came second. Brody was third. Vera, Jagger, Prime, and Benke. You guys came in first. <clears throat> All right. We're going to get your questions started now. So if you've got any questions, put them in the chat. Just put them there once on the YouTube. You only need to put it there once because our mods will see the question here and bring it to the question list, which is what I'm going to work through if you're new, you're not sure how to type in the chat, hit the subscribe button and then you can type whatever message is in. You can instantly type it as soon as you hit the subscribe button. Let's get into question time. All right, first question came in from Cameron who's asked this. What made you become a pastor? Did you ever have a prophetic dream? Well, I'm not actually a pastor myself, instead more of an evangelist, so someone who likes to share the good news of Jesus with the world. Pastors' roles are more have their time taken up with preaching at church, but also kind of counseling and all those sort of things behind the scenes that they do. And 
prefer that not to happen so that I can get reach more unbelievers with the truth of the gospel. And I think the call to go and preach Jesus Christ is given to all of us as Christians, right? This one from Vera. What's the right way to get married in God's eyes? Is it to be a unity or marry under man's law? Man's law is actually given by the authority of God. So a lot of people try and disparage man's law and say, oh, look, that's just man saying that. Have a read of this. Romans 13.1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So right there, we see that the government has established laws, and they get their authority not from themselves, but from God himself, which is why Paul goes on to say, that is why we must submit to them. Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. So in terms of marriage, how do you enter marriage? Whichever way the government in your area determines that to happen. You don't just shack up with someone and you're married. No. You don't just privately commit to each other. No, you do it in the way in which the government in your area says that should happen. Usually with some sort of maybe ceremony where you make a public commitment in the witness or in the sight of other people that you'll stay with this person, be faithful to them till death do you part. Next one from Riley. Does Jesus actually say in the Bible that he'll be coming back? Yeah. Jesus says that a lot. He says his, the first coming, which is 2,000 years ago, the second coming will be uh, when he, whenever it comes. We don't know when. could be today. could be in 50,000 years' time. We don't know when. When Jesus was ascending up into heaven, the disciples were witness, witnessing that happen. And then the angels appeared to the disciples saying, as you saw the Son of Man go into heaven, so you'll see the Son of Man come down. The Son of Man will one day come again. Jesus will come again on the clouds with all the angels. And that'll be the beginning of Judgment Day. Get ready for that. Cooper has asked, could you please explain speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues, the best example is found in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, and we see that it's speaking in earthly languages that you previously have not studied. It's not described as a private prayer language, but rather more so a supernatural gift that God gave to people to proclaim the gospel to people in their own native language. Jagger has asked, why does Jesus say the Father is greater than he is? The reason is because the Father has a greater role but not that the Father is more God than Jesus is. They are both equal, equal and eternal. Just like if you say, the president is greater than I. Are you saying that the president is more human than you are? Not at all. You're just simply saying that the president has a greater role in your country than you do. And so when Jesus says, Father is greater than I. He's not saying the Father's more God. They're both equally God. Father just has a different role and a greater in authority role within the Godhead. This one from Zayas. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, but sometimes it feels like he's far away. Is this normal? Well, he's up in heaven. Jesus at the right hand of the Father. But at the same time, he's given you his Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, dwells in you, and makes you more holy. God's not far away then. 
God is with you, the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit is with you. And Jesus himself said, I will never leave nor forsake you. So don't base things on feelings then. Feelings come and go. Feelings vary based on what what day of the week it is, right? What you've had for lunch can affect your feelings. Base it on the facts of what God has said. And God doesn't break a promise. When Jesus said he'll never leave nor forsake you, you know that's the case even if you don't feel it. Because you don't feel him, you know that he's with you. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you if you believe. This one from Andrew. What does it mean in James 2 when it says we aren't justified by faith alone? Yes, so many people misunderstand that. They, they don't bother to read the entire chapter. And they'll see if they, if they read the entire chapter, they'll see that it's not talking about how to be justified before God, but how to show to others that you have faith. How do I know that my friend is a pro BMX rider? Not just because he claims it, but because he's doing tricks on his BMX bike and amazing things, right? If you claim to be a pro BMX rider but never stepped foot on a bicycle, I think his claim to be a pro BMX rider is fake. But if he does do amazing tricks before me, he's justified himself before me. That's what James 2 is, 2 is talking about, how to show to other people that you have faith, how to be justified in their sight, but not before God. How do we get justified before God? Bible couldn't be clearer. Not by works, but by faith. Read Romans 4, verse 4 and 5, which clearly say that. Aiden has asked, should I still pray for my loved ones who have passed away even though I don't know if they've gone to heaven or not? No, there's no need to pray for anyone who's already died. Someone's already died, no need to pray for them anymore. In fact, it literally says that in the Bible. 1 John 5, for those who have committed sins that have killed them, led them to like dying, they're dead, don't pray for that. But if there are friends that you know who are still not in Christ, maybe they're living in sin at the moment, pray for them and pray that God would save them. This one from Double, is smoking a sin? Smoking can be really bad just for your health-wise, and we want to be a good steward of our body. And so that would be why it could become sinful if you're addicted to it. Um, or if you're being a bad steward of your body. But secondly, don't be smoking anything that would make you intoxicated, high, or something like that, because the Bible commands us to be sober-minded at all times. That's 1 Peter 5, verse 8. This one from Eunice. Why did God send beets, or bears, I think. Why did God send bears to kill children? So the context of this is with Elijah. We had these, there was a bunch of, people, kids who were insulting the prophet Elisha. And so as a result, God sent a whole bunch, two two she-bears to wipe them out. Why is that? Because it teaches us that the wages of sin is death. Not just for doing 500 sins or 5 million sins do you deserve God's judgment and deserve death. One sin is enough. So technically, we all deserve to die. We don't deserve to be alive. And yet, how patient and kind is God? But at different times, God can choose to wipe people out if he wants to because they've sinned. And that's a just punishment for sin. This one from Caden is saying, um, oh my, but not saying God's name, but saying like gosh or something like that. Is that sinful? Is that using his name in vain? 
It may not be using his name in vain, but it's very similar to using his name in vain. And mo a lot of people are going to think that you are blaspheming. And so best to even avoid saying that. Don't say anything that even sounds like a blasphemy would be my suggestion. This one from username. Can a Christian have a demon and the Holy Spirit living inside of them? No, not at all. Not even a slight chance. The Bible says that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, which says, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. God's going to guard you. He's not going to let a demon possess you. And so if you're a Christian, you can know demons have no effect on you in terms of possessing you. They may be able to tempt you, but they can't possess you. This one from Drywall. He says, I can't stop the temptation to smoke pot even when I pray to stop. What do I do? Good question. What I would say is, yep, keep praying. How's your Bible reading? Are you reading your Bible every day? Get into that habit if you're not. Do you have a supportive community of Christians who may be able to help you with that? A trusted friend who could keep you accountable with that? I know that there was a, a friend of mine who was trying to quit smoking. And so what he did is that he decided to go and tell it to his church. Say, hey, can you pray for me? And because now he's told them that he's trying to quit smoking, next time they see him, they're going to say, hey, how are you doing with that? And that helped him to say no to the cigarettes, right? And so that can be helpful too. Having that Christian community, if you're part of a local church, if you're not part of one, join one. Ask them to pray for you for that. And then they will be able to keep you accountable and then remove access to the temptation. It's often when you're bored that you fall into sin. So don't allow yourself to be bored. Schedule your day. Do get get your time active. Be be part of different activities at your church, even midweek, so that you're not bored and got nothing to do. Join training, even whatever you need to. We do off we offer free training on how to share the gospel. Um, getting yourself busy just means you don't have time to sin as much, and you're going to find it really helpful in your fight against temptation. Gustavo's asked. Why do people say that the Orthodox and Catholic Church were the first true churches founded by Jesus Christ? That's a common that's a common thing you hear, isn't it? Why do Orthodox and Catholic people often say that their churches were the true churches that were started by Jesus? I usually challenge them on that. I say, okay, well, let's go and check the words of Jesus and the apostles to see if that's the case. Now, the word Catholic and Orthodox, you're not going to find that in the Bible. Instead, you're going to see Jesus saying that he founded his church, not the Catholic or the Orthodox or the Protestant, but just his church. Who's part of his church? Well, we see that in the Bible, it says to be part of Jesus' church. It's not about a building. It's not about an institution. It's simply about believing in Jesus, that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you trust in what Jesus did for you, you're now a saint, according to the Bible. It says that, and you're part of his church. Just like that, even if you've never stepped foot in a church building in your entire life. And so then the claim that they may, may say, oh, look, but our church has apostolic authority. It doesn't. No church, to, no um, building, no structure or institution today where it says, oh, we've got apostles or we've got apostolic authority. They're not getting that from the Bible. The apostles are dead. They died in the first century. 
They were instrumental in the start of the church, yes, but nowhere in any of the apostles' writings does it ever say that they transferred their authority to someone else. Never says it, not even once. So, my encouragement, check it with the Bible, check it with the Bible, and you'll see that the whole claim that Catholic and Orthodox churches were founded by Jesus is a baseless claim. Instead, Jesus started his church, made of anyone who believes in him. This one from Javan. Can my Egyptian tattoos be forgiven? I never got them as idolization, but I do have a Pharaoh tattoo. Yeah, if you trust in Christ, they're all forgiven already if you trust in what Jesus did. It's not like you're perpetually sinning by having them on your skin. Now, I wouldn't encourage anyone to get a tattoo just because you don't own your body and so you shouldn't permanently mark it. But let's say you've already got one. It doesn't mean you're sinning continually. Um, you may have been wrong to get it in the first place, but to keep it is not a sin because it's a permanent thing. It's not like you can just wash it off with soap. But if you know that Christ paid for your sin, there is no condemnation for you, regardless of what you look like. This one from Twin. Is AI the beast system? Dun, dun, dun. And the answer would be no, not inherently. The beast represents Satan. AI is not Satan. AI is just simply computers and technology that humans have invented. And AI can be useful. It's not for us to shun AI. We can use it for God's glory, just like you use cars for his glory. A lot of people shunned mobile phones when they first came out because like oh is that is that evil no now you everyone has a mobile phone because you can use it for the glory of god we're not we are to be in the world we're just not to be of the world what does it mean to be of the world doing the sinful things that the world does this one from i knew has asked how do i strive to please god that's a good aim you've got because that is what God calls us to do. He doesn't call us to sit back and just chill and do nothing. He calls us to please him. Colossians chapter uh, 1 talks about this when the Apostle Paul says that we want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So notice that this is your aim as a Christian. You want to walk in a way that pleases, that's fully pleasing to God. So that will mean saying no to sin and saying yes to God. God also wants you to bear fruit. What does bear fruit? That means do good deeds. So not just saying no to sin, but also say, saying yes to the good things that God calls you to do. Sharing the gospel, obeying the commands of God, helping your neighbor out, loving your family, all those sort of things. And then the last thing it says in that verse is increasing in the knowledge of God. This is Bible reading. That is Bible reading. So no to sin, yes to doing good deeds, and increasing in your knowledge of God, so Bible reading, and also listening into a stream like this. This can help you increase in your knowledge of God as we point you to what God has to say in his word. This is how you live a life pleasing to God. Violet has asked this. What's your thoughts on unequally yoked relationships? Thoughts are, don't enter one, because the Bible says so. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 and 15 says this. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, what does that mean? 
It basically means don't be dating or marrying an unbeliever. Why? For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? You're a person of righteousness. The unbeliever is a person of lawlessness. Do, does righteousness and lawlessness have partnership? No. So don't enter a dating or marriage relationship with an unbeliever. Now, if you're already in a marriage with one, you have to stay faithful to them. You cannot leave. But if you're not, do not enter into one nor continue in one if you're not married to them already. This one from Soccer. My mum thinks that 66 books of the Bible is wrong. And there's a couple more. They took it away. What's your thoughts on that? My thoughts are that's not actually the case at all. How do we know that? Because we can know that there were 39 books in the Old Testament, the exact amount of books that the Jews had back in Jesus' day, which is the same amount of books that we have in our Old Testament today. 39 in the Old and 27 in the New Testament. What your mum might be referring to would be what we call the Apocrypha. They were books that were also around during Jesus' day, but Jesus himself never considered them to be Scripture, never quoted from them, neither the Apostles, and neither the Jewish community that Jesus was part of. And that is why those, not scripture, there were books around like Enoch, Maccabees, um, Tobit, Tobit, and other things like that. But they're not scriptural books like the 66 books of the Bible. So if you just do a bit of research, you'll see that, yeah, there are only 66 books in the Bible. This one from Fernanda. Does God select those who will be destined for eternal damnation? God does select people and draw people in for salvation. And by doing so, he leaves the others to their own devices. God doesn't make anyone sin. God doesn't make anyone do anything evil. People choose to do evil of their own devices. And what's the punishment that someone deserves for their own sin that they've chosen to do? It would be hell. What's amazing is that he offers salvation to anyone and that he does draw people in. That is pure kindness on God's behalf. This one from Not Me. Will you go to heaven if you keep falling into temptation? Do you go to heaven by not sinning? No, you don't go to heaven by not sinning. What gets you to heaven? Jesus dying for your sin. Just your past ones or also your future ones? Even your future ones. So, the fact that you still sin is not a sign that you're not saved. If you were proud of your sin and just wanting to continue doing it, couldn't care less, that would be maybe a sign you're not saved. But if you hate your sins and you're warring against it, but you've still got some besetting sins that you're fighting against and trying to resist, well, that's a good sign that your faith in Jesus is real. That you're not just using the grace of God as an excuse to sin, but you're using... The grace of God as a motivation not to sin. A lot of Muslims think, oh, Christians can just do whatever they want. But what we want is different. When God saves you, you no longer want to walk in darkness. You know, you want to walk in the light. If you have been rescued from a pack of wolves, you don't want to dive back into that pack of wolves and get eaten up once again. This one from South. How do I know if it's the Holy Spirit or a demon, that feeling I get? You don't feel the Holy Spirit, nor do you feel demons. 
That feeling is probably lunch. Uh, this one from Michael. Should we pray the rosary? No, because the rosary includes prayers to Mary, and we should not be praying to Mary. What if I sin willingly, knowing that it's a sin? Don't you do that all the time? Think about it. Did you know it was wrong to lust last time you did it? Did you know it was wrong to not show perfect courtesy the last time you didn't show perfect courtesy to everyone? Yeah, you did, and you did it anyway. That's what almost every sin everyone has ever done is a knowingly sin. Because that's why God's given you a conscience, so that you would know when you're sinning. Does it mean you're not saved? No, not necessarily. It depends if your faith is in Jesus and what he's done. But your attitude will be, I don't want to do sin. I want to flee from it. And you'll find yourself fighting sin and resisting it better as time goes on. Cool. Uh, next question. I've answered a couple of related questions, which I can mark off. How to avoid sin. I've answered that one as well, so I think I'll mark that one off. Okay, what do you think is the main reason people claim to experience supernatural events? Because we believe many of them are false. Well, this is why. We don't... God doesn't ordinarily speak to us through some mystical experience, some voice in our head or seeing an angel or something like that. Oftentimes people who claim they've got that go into false teaching. And so there's no way for you to really know. If someone comes up to you and says, oh, I saw an angel on, or God spoke to me a new word, how could you prove that God really did? There's not really any way. So thankfully God speaks to us in a very much, much more clearer way. The Bible, which we can test, read, and understand, and therefore know what is true. Robin's asked, if you committed suicide, is that a sin? 100%, that is a sin. Not an unforgivable one, but it's still a sin that Jesus could pay for if you were trusting in Jesus. But it's not a sin you'd ever want to do. Grout has asked, can you talk to God in prayer? That's what prayer is. It's talking to God. Can a Christian have gay friends? Yes. We don't hate gay people. We love them. But we don't approve of their sinful actions that they might be doing. Just like any other person who's wanting to celebrate sin, we don't want to celebrate the sin with them. But be careful that their influence on you is not towards sin. If you're going to be friends with them, make sure that you're having a greater influence on them for holiness. What do you think about Billy Graham? I would say that, yeah, he was an evangelist who God happened to use for quite a number of decades, and I praise God for that. Um, he seemed to be going a bit senile later on in his life. He seemed to say things like, Jesus is not the only way, but maybe that could have just been because of the his dementia that he was maybe experiencing later on in life. This one from Matthew. Was Jesus in spirit form before Mary gave birth to him? Yes. He did not have a physical body until the incarnation, the conception of uh, him inside Mary's womb. And one more question. What are some things to do to show I'm grateful to God? Pray, read your Bible, go to church, love your parents, obey them, don't sin against them, don't disobey their rules, don't disobey the government's authority, 
and break their rules and all those sort of things. So whatever God has to say is what we should seek to obey. Good questions, everyone. We're going to get some Bible trivia kahoot started. Okay, I think Harmony, are you hosting it today? Is that right? Who was hosting it? Harmony. Oh, okay. So maybe, Paul, would you want to be able to host it for us today, man? Yeah, awesome. Paul will be able to host it. Um, that'd be good. Now, Paul is going to give you a game code or a link that you can click on in the chat so that you can play play this Bible Trivia Kahoot. There are 10 questions. It's going to be a lot of fun and help you learn and I guess, compete against one another as you do that. All right, let's pass over to Paul. All righty, guys, it's just loading right now, so give me a second. But if you want to come to training, please let us know. And the easiest way to do that would be on the Instagram channel, in fact, because that helps us get in touch with you much easier. Uh, but let me just share the screen because I think I'm really now good to go. Let us see this. Yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go classic mode. And the game is going to show up any second. And there was the music there, guys. Okay, no comment. It must be good. Right. Sit down a bit. Okay, um, let's do that. Joshua, let me share the game code. And that will be in the chat bar there. And let me put it in the chat for the YouTubers. All my fellow guilty sinners, you're in good company. We're all guilty sinners, but yes, let's get into a Kahoot game. Six, seven, eight, three, one. So we've got Paul Demand. Yes, thank you for that. Gigi, Michael, Nia, Helen, Steve, Vern, Kevin, Loveheart, Kate, Brody, Joshua, Frank, Brody, Kate, Jen, Yuanda, Zeus, Janali, Hi, uh, Sniper King, Ashal, Hunter. GG. Another GG. Senor Juan. Love to see you there, Senor Juan. Love to see you, my friend. Well, we've got 26 players here already coming on board, and we've got any more coming on. We've got, you know, Joe, Rock, Sav, Christiana, and Hoya. And who else we got coming in? 31 players. We'll give it a few more seconds, and then we're going to crack a lacquer into it. AI, Paul the Sinner, yes, yippee, yippee, K-A, awesome to see you there, guys, and I think we're going to now hit the start button in five, if you come in later, that's okay, you can still go to Zoya's Melvin, good to see you guys, three, two, two and a half, one, one and a half, one and a quarter, half quarter, eight, here we go, ready, so here we go. Bang! Kahoot time. Okay, this is another Bible trivia. Here we go, guys. Fastest finger first. And our first question is, what festival was Jesus and the disciples celebrating before? He was crucified. Boom! Feast of the Tents, Feast of Trumpets, Passover, or Festival of Lights. Hmm. Let's see who can get here on the leaderboard to start with. With the fastest finger, 28 answers in already. Five seconds to go, people. 
Let us see who gets on the leaderboard. And the correct answer is the Passover. 27 of you getting that correct. Yes, well done. It was the feast, the festival of the Passover. Here we go. Leaderboard, you wonder. Brody, GG, yippee, yippee, aka Paul the Sinner in the top five there. Not much in the points there with second and third. So it is a fastest finger first, fourth and fifth even. Close. All right. This will sort out the weeds. True or false? God created man on the seventh day. True or false? Well, we know on the seventh day, we should all know what he did on the seventh day. So, given there's 34 answers in, it was the day of rest, on, so therefore the answer would be false. God created man on the sixth day. Well done to you, 26, getting that correct answer of false. Let us see what happens on the leaderboard. Oh, yes, bit of a change, GG coming at the top. Brody, Joshua, Paul, the center, and Kevin coming into the bottom of the top five there. But up six places was Melvin. Awesome work there, Melvin. Not much point difference there. So we're all in the 1900s, and uh, it's anybody's game still at this stage. But let's get into the next question. And it is, when Jesus was being arrested, what did he heal? Regrew someone's hair. Oh, man, can't wait for that day. A servant's ear, a servant's finger, or a servant's foot. There's always got to be a hair question somewhere, someday, whether it's in the segment, in the quiz, or a comment. I don't know. It's always about my hair. Okay, when Jesus was arrested, what did he heal? He healed a servant's ear. So well done, 19 of you, getting that correct. He didn't heal the servants here. Does anyone know what the name of the guard was just by hand? I think how many might know. Ah, it's sort of the um uh not milk kills the dark. Not <laughs> um I, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. sorry I can't remember that. him either. That's why I asked you. Because I know he did answer it once. Malchus. Yes. Malchus. That sounds familiar. All right, let's see what happens on the leaderboard. It has changed. Look, Brody, yippee, yippee, Kaye coming in first and second. GG third, Joshua fourth, Zach coming up into the bottom of the five. Well done, Zach. But look at the first and second and third. Wow. That is super, super close, guys. Well, get the fingers warmed up and ready. Get the mouse pad ready. Get the clicker going. Here we go. It's going to sort it out. Uh, who took over Moses by leading the people into the land of Canaan? Luke, Abraham, Caleb, Isaac, or Joshua? We've got five seconds, so there's a quick response needed on this one. One second left. And bad luck for those who missed out, but the answer is Joshua. So that was a very, very even split. Caleb is how I pronounce Caleb, not Caleb. Caleb. All right. So Chris is nodding her head there. I'd be interested. That should be an outro question. How do you pronounce it? But then we wouldn't even know the answers will because we can't hear anyone. Ah, anyway, here we go. Leaderboard. Oh, yeah, there's a bit of a change up there now. GG uh, in the first. Yippee, yippee, KA. Second, Joshua. Third, Asha. One, coming in the fourth. And Helen, coming in the fifth. But the combo breaker for eight players. Wow. Combo breaker indeed. Bad luck, but they, we all learn from these things. But there's still a bit of a close call there between first, second, and third. First, second, and third. There's only one point in it still. Even fourth's coming in close, fourth and fifth. It's a very tight game, guys. Here we go. Next question. It's a quiz question. How many days did Joshua and the people march around the walls of Jericho for? 40, 7, 800, or 11,000? 
Hmm. Let me think here. How many days did Joshua and the people march around the walls of Jericho for? And the answer is coming in very soon. We've got three seconds to go. Chris, a drum roll. And the answer is seven. Wow, 14 of you getting that correct. Another split there. So I'm assuming there's going to be another combo breaker. Let's see what happens on the scoreboard. Oh, a bit of a change. We've lost our fourth placer, but uh, Helen's coming in fourth. And Paul Sinner, yes, indeed, has come into fifth place. But, hey, still look at the top, the top two. There's not much in it. And uh, we're going to sort it out very, very soon with this next question. It's another quiz question. When Jesus was crucified and died, who said, truly, this is the Son of God? Was it the centurion? No one. The thief or a Pharisee? Hmm. Who do we think said that truly this is the Son of God? Maybe not in an Australian accent like that, but said nevertheless. And it was the centurion. Another shotgun blast there with the answers all scattered, but 12 of you getting that correct. So well done to 12 of you getting that correct. But don't worry if you got it wrong because you will get it right the next time. Let's see what happens. Oh, yes, Joshua's coming to second place now. Helen, UPKIA down to third, uh, fourth. Paul the center holding on tight there with fifth. Not many points in it still. But let's see. We've got a few more questions to go, guys. And when the disciples were on a boat in a storm, how did Jesus calm the storm? They made animal sacrifices. He was thrown overboard. Jesus said, peace, be still. Well, he told them all to pray. Hmm. What did Jesus do here to calm the storm? Four seconds to go. Few of you haven't answered yet. Get him in quicker. Here we go. Bang. Shh. Time's up. 24 of you saying, yes, Jesus said, peace, be still. Well done to 24 of you getting that correct. Let's see what happens on the leaderboard. No change, but Hunter is making a comeback with three in a row. Well done, Hunter. Still a tight game there with first and second. And I think that's going to happen a bit with double points coming up very soon. Type an answer. Here we go. David used what to kill Goliath? Was it a big box wrapped with a ribbon? Hmm, I don't know. But what did he use? What did David use to kill Goliath? It is smart, charming wit. Mm. As it, the answers will come very soon. 20 OB. Well, I think I can say that it's probably with the sling on the stone for those that haven't answered yet. But time's up too late. You missed out after me giving the answer. All right, let's go through and review these answers because the correct answer is a stone, sling, and a sling, and a stone. We're going to say rock. I'll give you a rock. Slingshot, yes, yeah. slingshot, yep, yeah. stone, give it a rock. A stein. Well, I'm going to give it to you because you're typing that really fast and then you put the eye instead of you. I'll give that to you. I don't know. Well, it was a sling and a rock for the, I don't know. It was not a sword. A stone and a sling. Rocks, yeah. Look, I know what you mean. It was only one stone, but let me say it like that. I kind of get what you're saying, so you can have that. Bow and arrow. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't a bow and arrow. But well done to the rest of you getting it correct. Let us see what happens on the scoreboard. Whoa, yes, Helen coming into second, Yippie Kaye third, Joshua dropping down to fourth, Paul the center staying here at fifth, but five players in an answer streak of four. Well done to the four of you. 
but getting five players, sorry, getting the four. But let's go to the next question. Two more to go. True or false? There was darkness for three hours when Jesus died on the cross. True or false? Look at those answers coming on in. Lovely. Still got uh, 12 seconds to go. Still about six, seven, eight years to go. Can't give you the answer. Well, I can give you the answer if I want, but I'm not going to do that. That'll ruin the surprise. And the answer is true. Yes, there was darkness for three hours when Jesus died on the cross. So let us see now what happens on the scoreboard. Ooh, Helen dropping out, but Yippie coming back to second. Paul the center into third. Joshua fourth and Benny coming into the bottom of the five. That's good to see. And Brody is back with an answer streak of three. Nice work, Brody. All right, this will be the last question, guys. Get your fingers ready. This will be double points. Double points. What bird did Noah send out? Oh, was it a parrot, an eagle, a dove, or a penguin? What sort of bird did Noah send out? There were birds on the ark. And we've got 28 answers in, so a couple, couple times ticking on for the rest of you. And the answer was a dove. Yes, it was not a parrot and it was not an eagle, but it was a dove. So well done, 26 of you getting that correct. Now let's see what happens on the final podium. Here we go. Third place, we have Joshua. Well done, Joshua, coming in there. The third, second place, we've got Yippie, Yippie Kaye. And the first podium winner today is Gigi. Well done, GG. Coming in there at the last minute. Paul, the center, and Benny rounding out the bottom of the five. Hope you had fun, guys. Well done. Hey, nice work there. Thank you for that, Paul, hosting that Kahoot. Hope you guys had some fun uh, with it. Yes, he did use the slingshot to knock down Goliath, and then I think after that he, he did use a sword to kind of chop his head off. But hopefully you guys learned some things. Even if you got anything wrong, you might um, hopefully next time you can know the right answer for that. Hopefully it also encourages you to get into the Bible every single day without fail. Awesome. Richie said that was fun. Awesome. All right. Well, when are we on again tomorrow? We're on again at 7 p.m. Eastern. That is 9 a.m. Australian Standard Time. I'm going to have some more Amigo Chats, Kahoot segment, and a question time then. If you haven't joined our Discord server, please do. The invite link is in the chat so that you can um, yeah, join that. All right, let's do our outro question before we wrap up. All right, has anyone got a suggestion for an outro question? Paul? If you had a choice of dwellings to be in, would it be a townhouse, a flat, a condo, a mansion? A bus, a tent, what would it be? I was going to wait, is there a house? Is house one of the options too, Paul? <laughs> yeah, house, townhouse, okay. normal house. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. All right, let us know what your answer would be if you had a choice of those things. Or even you could say car even. <laughs> um, I would just say the standard house would be my, my encouragement. Mansion sounds too big. You have to clean all those rooms. Like, that would be hard. Normal size house. Goodbye from Ryan.
Well, see you later from Paul. Um, I'd probably just say a, a level house. I'm on a split townhouse, but oh, too much admin going up and downstairs. So you know what I'm like with admin. I'd like to keep a plain standard house. I'm with you, Ryan. See from Abraham. I'm just going to go to the house because I need a heater. It's too cold. Um, I probably would have to go with the mansion on that. Cool Scarface mansion would be pretty cool. But uh, goodbye from Zach. Uh, bye from Isaac. I would say a house in the middle of nowhere with no neighbors in the middle of the woods. Yeah, goodbye from Joshua. Uh, I would say a house as well, but ideally with a big yard as well, so that my children have a large area to play in. It is a see you later from UZL, who's in the chat right now. Um, not sure what he lives in, but I would choose for myself a house. See you later from Carson. It's a Lord will, and we'll see you tomorrow from Glenn, Ruben, Nathaniel, Venus, Daxton, Nathaniel, Julia, Beaver, Duffy, James, and whoever else that may have served today. I would say I'm content right where I am, hanging out with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't need anything big. God is good. I like that. Yes, our home is up in heaven, isn't it? This is just an earthly tent that we're in, wasting away physically, but... Um, spiritually growing each day by day and looking forward to our eternal home. So I encourage you, friends, get into your Bible each day. Think about how, how who you might be able to share the gospel with between now and tomorrow. We look forward to hanging out with you then. Until then, go and serve your King.